It's the Tiltcast, episode 357. Horse Mechanics 2, The Reckoning. Reckoning. And this week, guys, we talk Sniper Elite 4, Warframe, Red Dead Redemption 2, Fallout 76, and Microsoft buying Obsidian in in exile. Stay tuned. Horse Rex. Oh, buddy. Fuck. The fuck? (laughs) Golly. Has this been a tradition now for like three or four years? It's it had I don't know. I'll remember when we were clapping at the beginning. Yeah, yeah and yeah, and we we I said fuck. We've the moved on clap. from the clap. Fuck the fucking clap. <laughs> We've moved on from the clap. No, yeah, it's Mmm, <laughs> salty. Um, it's the Tillcast. <laughs> it is. We are back. Um, what day is it, Jason? It's the sixteenth, uh, the year of something. Dude, in look at this 8-12. fucking can! It is actually producing more monster or fucking rock star. Uh, it's a fucking energy drink of some sort. It is fucking November sixteenth, the year of Cthulhu, twenty eighteen. Praise be the Raven Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and it is eight fourteen p.m. Bitches. Hey, we're a little earlier than normal, I think. Maybe. No, we're actually on no, close we're on to time. We're on time. time. Oh, we're, this is on time. I, I don't know. We haven't been on time in fucking ages. Yeah. Ages. Vampire. Wait, hey. What? So? I, uh, I, I, uh, have an iron deficiency. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't think it's an iron deficiency as much as it is just you. Not wanting to get out the fuck out of bed. I've got some like Fridays. I've got some like crazy vitamin D pills. If you want, no, yeah, no, I don't really need those. Thank you very much. Uh, I need them, and I'm a daywalker. Oh well, I mean, I I have some too because immediately after you were, you know, prescribed that shit, I said, man, I should probably, uh, I should probably get some because I see no sun. Yeah, and I see some sun. I see just not that much. I see none at all. if I can manage it, I, I don't have to deal with uh, with this the dumb. Yeah, you know, traffic is way, way, way more manageable at night because uh, all the idiots are asleep. Uh, yeah, this tiltcast. It is the tiltcast. <laughs> oh my and god! Justin's doing stupid fucking selfies in his <laughs> Vault Tech hat. Ah, <laughs> uh, you can't see it. <laughs> Man, I'm starting to look old. I'm finally starting to look old. It's the hat that makes you look old, dude. Yeah, yeah but then if he take, <laughs> then if he takes off the hat, the receding hairline just—it's it, a uh, lose-lose proposition for him at this uh, point. Uh, fucking receding hairline, motherfucker! I've been bald since 25. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fucking receding hairline. He's worried about that shit. Fuck you. I well, haven't he had a full is, head of hair. He actually for... had hair. I, I haven't had hair. a full had... head of hair since I fucking bleached it that one time. Like maybe I went a little too heavy on the bleach. I burned my fucking hair follicles off. Mm, oh yeah. man, it's been a busy week. Um, it has. Yeah, but yeah, it has. Holy but, shit! Hey, I into, we'll get in for once. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. It's been interesting to say the least. I tried so. You know, a really good friend of mine, Brian, and his wife um, wanted me to come over and hang out with them last weekend, which, you know, cool. I wanted to do things with friends, so I immediately hustled from work. And my friend's wife has not had alcohol since before she had her child, right? 
So she got pregnant. She swore off alcohol. You guys met her a couple times. Yep. Um, In fact, she was sworn off alcohol last time I saw her. Right. And she was the one two birthdays ago that brought me like a whole mug full of mini liquor and made me like die of alcohol poisoning. It's not. Hey, hey, that was a very thoughtful gift. It was a very thoughtful gift. Yeah. She got me pretty fucked up. But uh, that was the intention. Thank you, Kim. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, yeah, she's been alcohol free for nine months, right? So she's mm. like, you, you have to bring alcohol. We're gonna come. You know, I yeah. want you to come over. Yeah, I'll make something kind of low carbish. So she yeah. made like a taco soup with, which mm. was pretty close, right? Yeah. Um, so I saved all my carbs for that dinner, and yeah. then I was like, what the fuck do I drink? I was like, the only thing I can drink is whiskey. Oh, and I was like, I can't well, be that fucked up. Come on now. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to, at some point, probably drive or oh, whatever. Oh, well, right? true. All right, fine. So I ended up getting a low-carb Corona, which um, is the... What? <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys witnessed me trying to have that again tonight. It's like 2.4 get, or carbs per uh, beer. It's... Uh, it's... Uh, uh, I mean, it does the job. <laughs> does the job. Um, it tastes like... like, it, it like tastes- like just weird water. It, it looked fucking pathetic. It's a Corona. What did you expect? I was hoping it'd be. Well, I was like, like tacos, and I was gonna get like some like Takati you, or no. you didn't even or have like, and there was nothing like that. You didn't no. even have like a slice of citrus in it. No, like and that it needs it. It, it really going, needs it, and it doesn't really help to, that much. If you are going to suffer a Corona or Coors, you have, you to, have, have to put a lime in it. Yeah, I realize that drinking it now, just oh my god, <laughs> it's so bad. Like I was trying to get through it, and I could, I got through like three beers, and then of course it was several hours. You so, went through three of them. Yeah, holy god, it was several hours, and it was the lamest. <laughs> it was like, like I was pretending to drink with everybody else. I'm I am drinking sock water. It's bad. that's not a far off. <laughs> like it's like like cock in sock water. Oh like it's, god! It's just that's it's nasty. It's nasty. Bland and a little salty. Oh, see, that's why I don't fucking drink Corona. Every fucking time, I it's like it this is what like, I imagine salt uh, sock water tastes like, and it's like. It's not never actually tasted sock water, but well, no. this I'll has you, to be so- close. Sock water has a different name than than Natty Light uh, <laughs> or than Corona, and it's, it's Natty, Natty Light. Light. Hey, yeah. Na- yeah. hey, Natty that, Light. That is sock water. Hey, 18 Na- years ago right. in college, when I was drinking then, it was um, like Miller Light. Miller with, Light. With, because it was cheap. At right. that time, it was like two fifty a six-pack. Yeah. And oh. so I get that, and I'd pretend to be fancy with it, and I'd take some salt and put it around the rim, <laughs> and I'd have that with like beer salt. That's with with ev- well, it wasn't even beer salt; it was table just, salt. Just, it was it was like always salt. save salt because I could get it for fifty cents, uh. and I put that around the rim of it and eat it with some like plain tacos because I couldn't afford the vegetables. Uh, right? Hey, meat and cheese. Just meat, cheese, taco shell. Hey, whatever. And homemade taco seasoning because hey, you can get paprika, hey, cumin. And oregano and garlic for like four dollars, and yeah. that makes a shitload of tacos. Like that is that, that is like three months of tacos twice there, a week. There is nothing wrong with what you just said about those tacos. There's hey, that's only because there. you don't eat vegetables, you weird yeah, fucker. I don't. I don't generally on tacos. Um, lately, I've been using a, a 
like cheap ground pork. Uh huh. And then just draining it, and then putting a little bit of butter, and then some of my own taco seasoning. Yeah. And that's actually really fucking good. Yeah. Like ground pork's really flavorful on tacos. That's, that's not bad. That's not like bad. get like two dollars worth of ground pork and just you know make tacos. Out see. Of it. See, whenever I make tacos, of of course I try to do the you know I'm trying really hard to go back into keto. Uh, I failed tonight because you know I had pizza, but I've um, succeeded so far. You know, but for like a month. It's it, it's tacos is it just turns into a fucking taco salad for me, and I, and it is actually a weakness for whatever fucking reason. Whenever I make tacos, I eat way too fucking much because the taco salad is just. I will have like two fucking bowls of well, it. Well, if it's you want, crazy. I want to tell you like a, a weird recipe that I like for taco salad. Oh boy. So, right, you make your taco seasoned meat, you grill some onions and get them translucent, right? Right. And then you spinach, chopped tomatoes, and kidney beans. So you take the kidney beans and mix it in with the seasoning with the meat. And then I use Catalina dressing and a strong cheese. Wow. It's different, but it works. Wow. I didn't It's something wow. that my mom used to make when she wanted to make something that wasn't Southwest and I don't know where she learned this recipe. We used to put it over chips or like just uh, yeah, chips, but those things don't necessarily re- go together. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Try it. It's okay. good. It's okay. fucking hmm. delicious. See, kidney beans for me just reminds me of chili. Like, you know, it's northern of, chili. Think of like a spicy taco mix, right? So you make a, a spicy taco. Mix in those, like, you know, those uh, caramelized onions uh-huh. and those kidney beans, and then it turns into this really rich and delicious, flavorful meat. And then you put that on the spinach, which is already good. Like, not grounds, like whole baby fresh, spinach. Fresh spinach? Yeah. Okay. And then a lot of cheese. Well, yeah. Tomatoes, if you like tomatoes. Yeah. And then some Catalina dressing. Huh. I'll have to give that a try. Super huh. not low carb. You well, put it, you like crunch some chips underneath it. Well, I mean, you add the kidney beans and it's. Well, it's, I mean, it's the no kidney beans yeah, and the, the Catalina kid- dressing and the chips destroy like that. Probably sixty carbs a serving, dude. Dude, I don't know what. Uh, oh man, there is there's a thing that if I was ever gonna uh, have a fucking cheat day, this is what I'd make. Um, I, I have, I've never heard of this before, but after watching, you know, random streams, I'll talk about a little later, but, uh, I was watching an Australian, uh, play video games and he said, man, I'm fucking hungry. I'm going to order an HSP. And I'm like, what in the fuck is an HSP? And, uh, he's like, man, it's the best fucking thing in the world. Of course they call chips. Or fries chips down yeah. there, of course. So, so he's like, it's a bunch of stuff over chips, and it's fucking amazing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, an HSP is it's the shortened version of halal snack pack, and it is, uh, I the one that he got is like chicken and lamb with uh, over fries with cheese and you know and like garlic and barbecue sauce you know on like, hmm. hashed on top of it, and and it's like fucking pounds of fucking food, right? And uh, and I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. And then I started looking for places that would sell something like that around here, and there is none. No. None. It's super no. common over there. It's like it's like going to fucking, you know, Burger King, you know, for an Australian. Yeah. 
but it for for us here and it's like not possible so i'm like man i've never had chicken and lamb over fries because they're fries motherfucker uh and he, he <laughs> we got into an argument on stream for the, about this <laughs> uh, well i mean i get a there's a uh uh eero shop around here called eros by lee Hero. and and they do a salad that is just all the they have a I can't remember what it's called. It's called the Sultan. And what it is is it's the seasoning they use with Eros with chicken and lamb. And they put it over lettuce and tomato and onion and then give you like two things of Ziki sauce. Ooh. And they turn it into a salad and it's, you know, Ziki sauce is pretty damn low carb. Really? And so it's just a big, yeah. it's like a pound of salad. It's a meat salad. It's delicious. I love me some meat salads. Yeah, yeah. it's something. I, it the, cost me like 10 bucks, but it's worth it. Oh, hell the, yeah. Well, I mean, it's worth it just for the lamb. The the place is across from where I work. Yeah. Yeah, have you been yeah. there? Mm-hmm. They've okay. got, they've yeah. got, if you just get the regular heroes, the regular heroes are delicious. But right. Yeah. Oh man! But if you can't have all the bread, him. I mean, they turn pretty much all their sandwiches into a salad. No, they just call it the Sultan salad. Like it's just yeah. it's an actual item. No, the only thing I do is I just don't they get don't, pita. They right. don't. They don't tell you, but no, you it's can on the actually menu. get any of the sandwiches as a salad. Oh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really delicious shop. It's, it's a it's a little yeah. bit of a drive for me, but. Uh, if you ever maybe? have the time, it, it's really it, good. It might be worth the trip. It might be. Um, speaking of it, speaking of fucking kind of exotic, though yeah. not necessarily for this area, I'm about to come into a few dozen pounds of turducken of deer meat. <laughs> De- deer what? meat? Yeah. Of ground venison. Venison, man. Ground oh, venison. I'll buy some of that shit off you. Dude. Um, so there will be some venison tacos that happen. Fucking a man! Because venison tacos. Shit! If you give me a, you give me a pound, I'll give you like ten bucks. Oh I? yeah, look at this guy. He's like, man, this shit's fucking premium. Yeah. Shit, man, I'm going to. I would love some venison chili, yeah, dude. Venison chili is well, awesome. Crystal gets a free tag. Being Cherokee, so right. So you're gonna go get one. So hell uh, yeah. She and her cousin are gonna go get one. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know your wife hunted. Oh yeah! Oh no, she'll she'll totally go out with her with the cousin. Well, I mean, the cousin will shoot it. She'll tag it. I don't think she's actually been there. You know, you know, been yeah. actually hunting in no. a while. I think she's done it before. But... She has. Like she went with her grandparents. Yeah. Um and stuff. Her grandparents loved hunting and fishing, and her granddad was a big sport fisherman. So so yeah. I mean that's. Yeah, but, yeah. I Just haven't gotten I haven't gotten deer that often, but, aside from me knowing JD because I, mean, I don't go out hunting. Oh yeah, I, I'm just excited <laughs> for like eighty pounds worth of deer meat. Fucking yeah, yeah. But oh man, Shit, if you want to get rid of a pound, man, I would totally take a pound of deer meat and throw De- it in the freezer. D- you know, deer, you know, back strap or beer, deer loins. All that, that was the one or thing deer I sausage. said. That was the one thing I said. This cannot be ground. Yeah, no, you cannot grind. You, you. I want the back straps. Yeah. I want a rump roast. Yeah. Just one side of the rump. Yeah. That's all I need. And I want one shoulder. Yeah. That's it. 
Everything the rest, else? everything else can be ground. Yeah. I just want those. Oh, the thing about deer meat is uh, it doesn't have a because whole lot of fat content to the, it. So it's, it's well, really dry. The rump to... roast has enough that you can smoke it. And yeah. The back, and the back straps have enough. You can smoke them similar to pork loin. But... But right. it's perfect for chili. But right, it's it perfect. is perfect chili. It's perfect for chili. Dude, the, for the rump roast, you want to uh, fucking coat that shit in butter, man. Yeah. Um, the shoulder, though, does like a great like crock pot roast or whatever. Yeah. 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 But you have to have... You have to have some liquid over top. Decent that. amount of liquid added to it because the shoulders have almost no fat on them whatsoever. And there's a lot of connective tissue in it, so... Yeah. yeah. So it's good for crock pots because uh, connective yeah. tissue will break down over time. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great for that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I have not had venison, like... In a while, like the last time. Other okay, than so the like last time, the few times you've had deer jerky. When I like, go that's... up north, I, when I go up north, uh, you know, and visit family, mo- you know, all, every one of my, you know, my family members hunt. That's just a thing that happens at this time of year. Uh, so, I mean, my both of my brothers have deer. Uh, just got you know because you know season just started up there, so yeah. uh, they got, they went out and they got their first deer. And they're gonna fill a second tag here, I think. Uh, so, yeah, it's the you know it's one of those traditions. If you don't get a deer in, in the middle of yeah. wintertime in in Michigan, you you know it's a big money saver. Actually, I mean, yeah. Not only no, is it, the meat good, but man, you know, just think about it. You get a deep freezer full of freaking deer meat for the re- you know for the rest of the wintertime. You're set. You don't have to buy beef. You you really are the. <laughs> And I haven't, uh, um, I haven't, uh, what am I searching for? I've been hunting in about 15 years. So the la- I kind of, I kind of miss that. The last time I, I went hunting. Miss it. So I haven't um, been, I haven't been hunting in about as long, probably a little bit longer. Uh, I haven't been hunting since I, I moved from Michigan. It yeah. was the year before I moved. This is my last hunting season that I went up there, and I remember that season because uh, I was hunting on public land, and uh, I uh, I had picked a spot in the dark. You know, you get to your spot in the dark, and you wait for first light, and that's when you're you're going to see your deer at the first light, basically. Uh, so I got to my spot way early. Uh, super quiet, everything like that. Sat there, waited for first light. Saw, you know, saw the buck. I took, you know, I raised my fucking gun up and I was right about ready to fucking take the shot. And then fucking a volley of fucking fire comes from behind me up higher up on the fucking hill. I was fucking sitting between four other fucking hunters that had gotten there maybe 15 minutes before me. Oh, that sucks. So we all fucking like fucking world war three this fucking deer right i think i shot the fucking balls off the deer because when the fucking deer when when we got to the fucking we all walked to the fucking deer right because we're all like okay our day's done now because fucking it sounded like a goddamn war out here uh and the fucking deer had fucking four fucking bullet holes in it and no nuts (laughs) (laughs) it was crazy that's hilarious no i uh I just miss having full free, full freezer every winter. You know, that's like, 
you you go get a cut when you factor it and cost the tags and whatnot if you can go out and get a couple deer in a season i mean one deer is enough but it definitely if you can get two that more pays for the for oh, the yeah. tags just in the fact that you're not paying that for beef or pork but i mean, I mean you have to take factor in processing for it too but Still, I mean, yeah, if you go no. to the fucking, you go to like I, an exotic meat store and try to buy venison off the fucking yeah. shelf, you're paying ten, twelve dollars a yeah. pound or some shit for it. And the uh, yeah, I mean, if you want venison, I, this is the way I, to go. I know a couple processors you pay like yeah, fifty bucks yeah. for all ground or seventy bucks for. It's super easy to grind cuts. that shit, though. I mean, seriously, this is fucking. Well, they butcher it, the, and throw it in a grinder, but I'm done. Right, the, but the really good ones, they will throw pork fat in it yeah so you've got some fat in your grind yeah because it's like fucking what 97 or 90 fucking eight percent yeah it's only three to five percent fat when you grind it all yeah it's fucking stupid but yeah that's the way deer is man i mean that's what butter's for yeah it's exactly that is what butter's for you make fucking it's not like you're making hamburgers for out of this the big thing with venison and not not everybody does this right is for if you're going to feed it to anybody who's not used to eating it, okay. you <laughs> have to marinate it and season it right. Yes. Otherwise, they'll get sick. It can't, the richness of the meat will just. They'll get sick. Yeah. Then people get sick off that shit. I mean, it's just, it's just the way that fucking it's the way game, is. yeah it's, it's any game so, meat really i'm looking forward to that that should be happening in the next week or so venison shits man venison shits it's fucking amazing <laughs> that can't be an episode title <laughs> no it can't no no but he's over there fucking typing away anyway uh <clears throat> no so yeah so yeah yeah i'm, yeah. I'm ready for some meat fucking I don't know. Now that I fucking said it, now I want a turducken. <laughs> I really, it's it's coming up on that fucking time of year, and I guess if I wanted a turducken, I probably should have ordered now, about last month, right? Now, so now, if you want, give me a, give me the shits. Feed uh, me duck meat. Fucking turduckens are goddamn awesome. Oh, they taste amazing. They're greasy. The, what, it, that's the really that's the, the only thing about it is like uh, of all the fucking like foul meat you could have, it's fucking you know ducks are really greasy, but really delicious. Oh my god, they're so good and really rich. Yeah, but really rich. Fucking amazing. You put it to you know, put it all together in a fucking turducken, and you got like it's like, got it's like a possum different... stuffed with bacon. Oh god, did you see that? <laughs> Did you see that? There was a picture floating around on fucking internet. It's like I'm not doing a uh, I'm not doing a stuffed turkey this year. I'm doing a stuffed possum, and it had a fucking (laughs) possum with like fucking cabbage and fucking stuffing and shit in it. And like, oh, oh, that is nasty. You just put me off on roasting anything this fucking week. Tastes like chicken. It tastes like trash, have man. You actually, have you actually eaten a possum? No. No. No, you don't. You don't do that. That's not right. It's just no. a big rat. I, I no. imagine possum would taste similar to squirrel. I mean, I've and had, I have I've, had squirrel. I've had squirrel stew. I mean, that's that's not a that's not bad. 
Yeah, but when you stew it, meat changes. I'm talking like grilled squirrel. You mean like fucking squirrel kebabs? Yeah. <laughs> I have eaten that. You have eaten a squirrel so kebab. I would I imagine. Have, how much meat is going to be on that? There's not a whole lot. There's I mean, not a whole lot. I mean. You'd have to like massacre an entire village of squirrels. Well, I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. Fucking metal. <laughs> after skinning massacre and everything, you, you generally need about. Five squirrels to have a pound of meat, but I mean, if if you're, yeah, I guess. I mean, but there's. I don't want to think. On. I don't want to think about like having to eat a squirrel. That just sounds kind of gross. That's not bad. I mean, squirrels aren't bad. Tree dude. rats, dude. Yeah. It was deer camp. Deer camp. You do what you. <laughs> you do. went to deer camp. Oh, dude. Deer camp. Have you not been? Have you not been to deer camp? Oh, no. my God. Oh. You are missing out. Well, I I would tell you stories, but I can't tell you on the recording because what happens at deer camp stays, stays at deer, deer camp. camp. Deer camp. <laughs> what the fuck is deer camp? Oh, my God. You have never been to a deer camp. Okay, so deer camp is basically when you get with all of your you know hunting buddies, you go out in the middle of the fucking wilderness- and you do some fucking shit that I can't talk about on the show because deer camp. Um, but, it's because it, it's a bunch of dudes stuffed into a cabin like sardines, or or worse, with, like we fucking with no women. We had a fucking uh, we had a uh, uh, growing up deer camp happened in a bus. We had converted an old school bus into a fucking camper. That's ingenious. And uh, and the, like the back half of the bus this was just This is like the most bunks. redneck thing I think I've ever heard you guys talk so, about. So <laughs> this is, there was like fucking six bunks in the back side of this fucking, you know, uh, of this, you know, of this bus, right? There was a heater up in the front of the bus. So when you go to sleep, you're basically freezing your ass off on the back side of the bus. But when everybody woke up, there was only like some folding chairs in the front. There was a fucking like uh uh you know a a quote unquote stove. It was just a fucking heat plate, right? Yeah. And uh and a coffee maker. So it was bunks in the back, fucking folding chairs in the front, and whatever we needed to make fucking you know f- uh, our fucking chili and our coffee. So and when we made chili, it was the kind that burns all the way the fuck through. Plus, it was completely fucking like. Full of beans, because if you were going to fucking sleep, you're going to generate your own fucking heat by hotboxing yourself. <laughs> uh, the back half of the bus smelt like a fucking sewer, um, because everybody was farting like fucking crazy, and um, yeah, it, it was a. It's basically a weekend in that kind of a situation with a bunch of dudes with guns, and we go out and fucking hunt and don't fucking shower. It's glorious. It's like fucking caveman t- times, man. It's awesome. The the oh, I mean, it's also really nice to you know because yeah. you got your cooler but, outside and you don't have to put ice in the fucker because it's cold enough as it is. You you do what you gotta do when um one of one of the dudes who's with you his kid uh, forgets to lock up the food. And bear gets to the yeah, food. Yeah, you, you know, well, you, you get a fucking bus um, full of guns. I mean, <laughs> you, <laughs> uh, you do what you need to do. You might, you might as well hunt everything else 
anything else you can that you don't necessarily have to tag. Right. And eat off of that. Yeah. And, you know, squirrels fish stew. A That's lot. how that fucking happens. Squirrels gets thrown into the fucking chili pot and bam, you've got squirrel stew. It's, you know, and the chili pot, it's, it's the fun, it's the weirdest fucking thing because the chili pot is always going. Like, it doesn't ever empty because we add more to or, it as we go. Or if you don't have, <laughs> or if you don't have a chili pot and by some miracle, your bacon was saved. Oh, yeah? What? Bacon made it. Bacon made it. Bacon did not get bared. So, okay. you cook a few pieces of the bacon, crumble them up, and then throw the skin squirrel meat Boom. on that. Done. And just saute. Saute. <laughs> Sautéed squirrel. Oh, yeah. In the He's cast iron. grossing out right now. In, in Man, the I cast have a real... iron Kill it. I can tell you right now, the the craziest fucking thing that's happened, you know, while we were stupid drunk at fucking deer camp, right? Um, I I can't a pro tip. Never check to see if there is a leak in your propane line with a lighter. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the <laughs> stupidest fucking idea ever. Especially when you've got one of those fucking like. Hundred pound tanks of propane, <laughs> and it is full. Who fucking thought of this? Thanks, Dad. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the the line did in fact have a hole in it, and it was in fact leaking, and it did actually catch fire to the lighter that was lit right next to it, and. The line separated from the tank, and the tank caught fire, and then all of a sudden the fucking pressure uh, pressure valve started fucking opening up because of the heat, and the fucking tank goes off into the fucking woods like a goddamned rocket. <laughs> it was glorious. And somebody could have died it, big time, it, right? it could have exploded, but it didn't. It turned into a fucking rocket. And we could we were useless for fucking hours. Y'all are that. lucky that pressure valve failed. It's right. It went off into the fucking woods, hit a fucking tree, and just sat there and spun. <laughs> it was glorious until the fucking gas was out. Great. Like we were all fucking running. We were fucking a hundred yards away watching this thing fucking spin because it could have like stopped at any one point and came right at us and exploded. But, you know, we're sitting out there watching this thing fucking just spin it's out. It's like a redneck missile right there. We're just watching it fucking spin out, drinking our fucking Budweiser's. It was great. It was great. It was craziness. Things that never fucking leave my mind, man. This is these are These are events that will be burned into my brain almost literally sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, it's fucking, uh, oh, it was no. great. Just car wrecks leave an impression. Oh, on you had to go there, you I dick did. face, dick face. Yeah. Sorry, I'm staring like right at the line. This, uh, like, I, uh, the fucking the the line, the fucking dent I have in my fucking forehead from the car wreck. Yeah, okay. Just the other day, I was like, man, that really looks deep, and I fucking like lift my head up and look in the mirror, and I'm looking down the fucking valley of this crease, and I'm like, oh man. It is deep. 
it's like a quarter inch deep in my fucking head. How the fuck did I survive? If you put on some muscle, it, <clears throat> you might look like a badass. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. I like my fat you know, thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's in such a location that you could wear a patch and just become snake. <laughs> and it would just fit in the crease. <laughs> It's like an eye thong. <laughs> Damn it, they found out. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I don't know where to go after that. Damn it. I don't know how to transition that to anything you, else. You can't transition from eye thong to anything. You're just going to have to hard segue. Well, we'll and do now onto something completely we'll, different. We'll do something a else. Cow with high heels. You know that <laughs> there was an there's an article by the Los Angeles Times that came out um, a few months ago saying that they were going to be out of the adult entertainment business. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, the uh, the New York Times, L.A. Times. Yeah, LA because Times. they're removing documentary series Real Sex and Cat House. Okay. Because oh, who watches fucking real sex with the fucking? So I'm just gonna be a little bit ageist, I guess. But ageist. nobody wants to watch an old lady talk about sex. Oh well, God! So so here's my thing as a teenager. <laughs> like you hear, I it, heard about it and I thought, oh, this could be cool. Hell, no. fucking no! Like I'm imagining this person and everything. Like it took a weeks <laughs> to get anything she said out of my head because I did not want to imagine. <laughs> That old woman doing all, anything sexual. All of us grew up during this era. <laughs> You're a teenage dude. You're like, oh, yes. This HBO called, After Dark. This show's real called Real sex. sex. Hell, yeah. I'm going to see some tits. And then those tits come on the screen, and you're like, God, I wish I did see those no, tits. No, you're thinking of something else. Real Sex was a talk show with an with a woman in her, like, 60s talking oh. about different sex acts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Oh, oh that, yeah, I that remember Real this. Sex, okay. Hey, Good she's kind of funny, though. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to imagine that. She's don't, beyond. Don't don't imagine. She's it. beyond cougar. She's a white lion. <laughs> but you know, I learned about the real doll industry from that show. <laughs> See? Just saying. See, and like, did Cat House was that show about the brothel right outside of Las Vegas, right? Right. Yes. Which was boring as shit. Uh, well, I watched it one yeah. time, and it's like there is nothing on this. Yeah, this well, is this might as well be you, any other show. It's just it's set in a brothel and you, you don't see shit. You didn't right. even, well, you didn't even get to see any of the chicks naked. It was like, I'm sorry. It but. was the most boring thing ever. It was controversial in thought and in in actual action. It was fucking bullshit. They had yeah. a they had a a concept for the, a show, and somebody said, "No, nah, this is this is too much more. Uh, only, this is too much like soft porn." The oh, only, fucking soft uh, porn, fucking. <laughs> Like there's some Skinamax. there's nothing there's nothing more pointless than soft porn. I mean seriously, it's called soft porn for a reason. <laughs> nothing happens. The I mean the some occasionally the only good part about that cat house show was the uh, the fact that apparently Bridget the Midget worked there for a while. Okay, and her segments were fucking hilarious. Okay. I'm not a regular watcher, so I mean, you. you Apparently, you got, Jason's showing what yeah. he has watched. Yeah, he's like, man, this he's is like, what there I was watched. this one episode. I might have watched all of season one. 
what this hoping guy. were you just in waiting of something to happen it's no the anticipation killed you that that was just back when when i had insomniatic <laughs> periods real bad and yeah he did there was like nothing on overnight dude nothing the, the internet is a thing Porn it's is called free, pornography so. <laughs> can, can, yeah you can fix that shit pretty quick <laughs> Oh my god. Just get out those dirty dick beaters and get to work. (laughs) Milk yourself into oblivion and pass out. I will also say I did not have good internet at the time. So pre downloaded. Set it overnight the night before. How many no. fucking times, like the no. the fucking people so, of my, so in, in our here, fucking generation? How many the, times? Here, here was the internet I had at the time. Uh, one line at a time, fucking bitmapping across. <laughs> uh, Net uh, zero. You know how long it take a video to pre-download? Fucking bitmap images back in the fucking day where you can where it fucking oh, scanned oh, a little bit animated of, gifs a little bit of the fucking image every so often as it downloaded and i mean it would get to the fucking chick's like neck and it'd be like all right i'm starting and by the time i get to the fucking business i'm done dude <laughs> 56k fa- fapping man it was i mean you only needed one image because it took fucking five minutes to get there <laughs> Yeah, but the anticipation was real. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, oh! In the next few seconds, I'm gonna see nips. Ah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> I wasn't that excited for fucking porn back then. I, I just get amped it up a little bit just then. <laughs> that was back when your parents' porn collection was on VHS. Oh, terrible. <laughs> it's still on VHS. It's so terrible. <laughs> They keep a VCR in their bedroom, and I know exactly what it's for. <laughs> it's terrible. It was a brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> like, why do you have... Oh, never mind. <laughs> You're not watching Disney in there, are you? <laughs> this is not for it's, Disney It's movies. Disney after dark. <laughs> Disney, yeah. But, yeah, no, it... HBO dumped all that shit like right, right after uh, AT and T bought them. Well, I mean, Skinamax they, got its name for to, a reason, though. They had to be more family friendly. That's why there though, was family. I don't friendly. I don't see how you, how you justify how that when all is. of your when all of your original series show more tits than real sex did. I, right, right, <laughs> like. I mean, Game of Thrones is, like, notorious for having a sex scene in an episode. And, I mean, what... Like, it's almost a staple of Game of Thrones. And, and you thought yeah. Stars was fine until they fucking came out with Spartacus, and it was like, it just takes old... Titties! Titties that, and dicks that, fucking that, flapping. That wasn't dude. just titties, though. That was a dicks no, of flapping. I mean, like, yeah. That was a fucking hard fucking right for them. You know? A hard right, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was like they're they're going along. They're like family fucking friendly, da, 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 and then fucking Spartacus happens. Like boom. <laughs> they went fucking way off the fucking road there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So fucking shows, man. Fucking shows. These guys, guys. <sighs> Why watch Tits and ass on TV? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go from all. 
and now on. So I'm just going to explain that this this show is a little bit of fun up front and a little bit of game in the back, and it's kind of like a pretty mullet. So (laughs) we're a gamer mullet. We're a gamer mullet. So we just got past we just got we just got past the business in the back, and now we're going to move up to the floof up front. Oh my god, the reverse mullet. Yeah, I'm kind of a fucking emo kid. Right it's like now. a an e-mullet. An an e-mullet. Yeah, it's like in the E-dash reverse mullet. Or yeah, the hair goes over mullet. the eyes and the poof goes in the back. Oh my god, it's like as a long, flowing dandelion. The <laughs> hair cape as in the long front. As it doesn't have a fucking bun. I'm all right. It's not a bun. It's a floof. <laughs> a floof. A floof. Oh, fucking floofs are a thing too. Uh, I'm, just, I'm I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Wait. I'm just comparing yeah. it to dog fur. No, floofs are an actual thing in fucking Warframe. Wow. No shit. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But, Jason, you said yeah. you've been playing video games. This I guy. Have. This guy. Um, so fucking Diablo was... Immortal on his, on his, on his phone. No, I was phones? just... I was in the mood to shoot shit. So, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, so am I. Uh, Microsoft put Sniper Elite 4... Buddy? On Game Pass last week. Oh yeah, that game's pretty fun. So, I, since I haven't played that one, I downloaded that and been playing that this week. I'm most of the way through it. It's a pretty decent game. But, like, I mean, I think that Rebellion more... does a good job of a revitalizing a B tier game in a good yeah. way. Like, yeah, there's not. Did. It's not really heavy on story. I mean, no. it tries to be, but it's not. No, it's just good on gameplay. They they just try to justify the. F- what why you're, you're going around shooting Nazis. Yeah, and it still has the X-ray um, vision thing too, right? It still does have the X-ray vision thing. Um, really, it's just more Sniper Elite 3. It just, you know. If you've never played a Sniper Elite game, like there's a whole level of, like 4 has a lot of close combat too. It's a lot of stealth yeah, until they, you get to a sniper spot. They did a whole lot more. They, I will say this. That was the one improvement for this game over 2 and 3 is the uh, the amount of stealth gameplay is well, a whole it, lot more in this one. And it gives you some close combat um, weapons so that when people figure out where you're at, you can still defend yourself yeah. and not try to snipe someone from across the table. Uh, but the thing about the Sniper Elite games, if nobody's played them, is just the, <clears throat> the way the realistic ballistics work in the game are pretty... pretty as close to spot on, I think, as you could get in a game, you know, for uh, the, the se- bones break and separate. The when bones you sh- break and separate when you shoot them. You know, the bullet drop uh, from certain from different distances. How much wind can affect your shot, etc. Though I feel like they kind of poon that in this one, just for the simple fact that unless you are actually playing at sniper elite difficulty, um. It gives you a goddamn light up reticle when you hold your breath, <laughs> right? It's fucking stupid. But well, you still have travel time though. Too. Yeah, you, you still, still have, have to. You still have to anticipate not, like a moving yeah. target. Yeah, and you're still not actually doing like it's not laser beams. It's not hit scan. You still have to worry about right bullet drop and stuff. No, no, you do, you do. It just it highlights it for you. Tells you where the bullet's going to drop at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know, saw that. It, well, so I feel like they kind of 
poon, poon their game there a little bit, but they were probably trying to make it more accessible. Exactly. And not everybody plays yeah. it on fucking Sniper Elite mode where one shot fucking kills you and you have to fucking, you know, you have to anticipate the curvature of the earth and fucking, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Wind speed, curvature of the earth, the Coriolis Your bullet effect. takes like a minute to get there. The fucking Coriolis yeah. effect is now in play and fucking... <laughs> Though, I I do have to say uh, another nice addition to this one was the uh, the black and white bullet time x-ray. Yeah? It's okay. different. It's, okay. Yeah. So, like, just randomly some of your shots will That's what go people black play and that- white. That's what people play the fucking Um, game for is the fucking bullet time x-ray bullshit. I mean, honestly, the the missions are all right. And sure, it's a sniper game for people who like sniper games. But, I mean, honestly, for me, it was all about shooting the fucking nuts off of people. I know, right? (laughs) You know, I know. I could go for the headshot and that's an easy kill. But fuck yeah, I'm going for the dangles. What? Watch, watch a gonad explode. <laughs> well, yeah, you can do nut shots in that game. Yes. Yeah. Just to give you yeah. a sense of perspective of people who are real-life snipers, the world record currently is a Canadian sniper who shot a militant dead from 3,540 meters, which is a little over two miles away that's last some, year. That, that's just the one that's not classified. Right. That's the declassified version of it. <laughs> but that's still a ridiculous that shot. That is a ridiculous shot. Two miles away. Like, that, you were, you were nothing had, more than a speck on the horizon. That had that to point. have been a fifty caliber rifle. And, yeah. And uh, we're talking, like, 4,000 grain round, like. Yeah. He His shoulder didn't survive that shot. <laughs> oh, his shoulder probably survived that shot, but he only had one shot in him. It Attack. was a Tac fifty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a fifty cal, and and, and his yeah. shoulder probably survived the shot. It said the bullet took ten seconds to reach the target. Yes. <laughs> yeah. God. That's some fucking yeah. waiting, though. The, I mean, take a take a moment to think about that. So most of the time, here, you think of, of here's pulling the, the trigger thing. and it's there. Mo- most of the time, you think of snipers, you think the person going down before anybody even hears the rapport, right? And that's what that would be. No. A shot like that, they're going to hear the rapport seconds before the bullet even reaches them. Mm. Well, because oh yeah, it's a maybe. subsonic bullet. Well, it may be it, it might be supersonic. Miles. It might be supersonic for the first first bit. But yeah. I mean, error resistance is going to happen. It, it's only supersonic for for about the first 2000 yards. After that, those bullets slow down. So if it took 10 seconds to reach him, he heard the report probably about the same time, a second and a half to two seconds before the bullet even hit him. Damn. <laughs> That's some fucking like brain fodder right there. Like, well, it's even saying that right from... here, this guy had to take into effect the curve of the earth, the yep. Coriolis effect. Yep. Yep. Oh, you the have to take the earth, man. a shot that long. You have taken into effect that. You have taken into into effect wind, humidity. Uh, there, there are so many. The angle of the sun, the heat coming off of the ground, the 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 terrain itself, the radiant heat. Yeah, 
it all of that can factor into a shot that long shoot all of that factors into a shot at one mile right or less even it just imagine a shot every hundred yards after one mile Mm -hmm. those things those factors can have nearly double the effect on the bullet is it is it as, sunny right now? If it's going over a patch of grass, then it's not going to have nearly as much updraft so from the Basically, heat. unless he's from an extremely raised position. From the top of a Firing the shot. <laughs> you got you, updrafts on that, though. I mean, you're say, gonna... <laughs> say, you're only, say you're only like 60 feet above the where the target is. Uh-huh. You'd still be pointing your rifle. Into the fucking air. Into yeah. the fucking air. Yeah. Yeah, you're still fucking pointing. <laughs> I mean, it's not like straight up or anything. I mean, he's probably only about ten degrees up. Still, but still, that's a lot. That's why. That's where the spotters come in. I yes. mean, that's where you yes. know the spotters the, gonna be able to tell the true up, hero up. behind any military sniper is his spotter. Yes, is the spotter's gonna be able to tell him go up two degrees because the spotter is the one that actually tracks weather conditions, wind, humidity. Fucking human calculators, some bastards. Yes, they are, actually. They're even better at the calculations than the than the snipers most of the time. Yeah. It's crazy. They're it's, fucking math nerds. <laughs> math nerds with a special uh, with a special scope. <laughs> Pretty much. A special scope and a sidearm. That's all they need. <laughs> no, they u- they usually carry a little bit better than that. Yeah, of course. Because the spotter's got gotta protect the spotter. Protect his back. Yeah. 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 So fucking you want to talk about stressful role. The snipers literally just got sit there and basically stay alert and loose enough to be able to pull the shot off when it when it's time right the spotter's gotta worry about everything else yeah nah yeah nah (laughs) so have you just been playing uh sniper elite then so i've i've just been playing sniper elite i i installed shadow of the tomb raider but i haven't loaded it up I just, I started playing that, and I just kind of stayed in that mood and played it all week. Yeah. I mean, once you start seeing skulls and spines explode, you kind of get into it. Super metal. Super metal. I'll tell you, I did something similar with the with the skulls exploding. I played a lot of Red Dead Redemption. In fact, I finished Red Dead Redemption at fifty seven hours. Fucking a, man. So what I didn't do is I didn't go hunting some of the treasure maps and stuff like that. Um, I did all the main missions. I did all the missions that had a white, like, initial on it. I did a lot of the little stranger side quests. Um, I spoke to all my camp members. I did the majority of those things. I didn't do all the hunting. But that was where I was getting my enjoyment. I didn't go stagecoach robbing or anything like that that often. I only robbed a train a couple times, like... Most of the time, I was sticking to the story because I was kind of preparing myself to the onslaught release, and I figured that when I get a slow moment, I might go back to it. But I will say, um, after playing it for 57 hours, um, I've got a very good hang on what that game is now. Yeah. 
Um, I feel very similar to how I felt the last time, which is a good thing, right? Like I finished it, was satisfied with how they concluded it and how they tied it into the first game um, as a prequel without it seeming really ham-fisted in. Um, I won't say anything about the story to kill it, but it's a series of misadventures that leads to a bigger thing. Of course. Um, and it's well, of done course, in I quite mean, a Think about where he starts at the beginning of the original game. It kind of have to be. But it, I felt like it did a good job being a cowboy simulator. I felt like it did a good job with the open world. I felt like it did a good job in keeping your motivation moving. There were, I can't say that I did every single mission because I waited too long in certain instances not realizing something was timed and then I missed some side missions, not many. Once I figured out that was the case, I would pick up some of those. And I, like I was saying last week, if it's a Dutch mission, then it's going to be the one that push, propels the story forward. Right. So got most of the guns, didn't get all the crazy side guns. I got some of them, but not all of them. There's some uh, gunslinger stories that give you some special weapons that are pretty cool. Um, I did, I really liked how they resolved a lot of the characters. Like I really liked it. It did it in a very, uh, I don't know, like, like everything seemed resolved correctly. Like sometimes you'd see it coming from a mile off as to what it was going to be. And I don't know how the morality of the game affects how characters stories resolve, but the way that my story resolved felt right. And I played as mostly a good guy. Um, I played him as a little bit of an anti-hero, right? Like I'm still doing some of the bad things, but when there was something too great of evil in the world, I took care of it. And it felt really good. I really left the story thinking this is really fucking good. And it does a lot of stuff that's very cinematic. And I don't mean that in a way that like they mix film skill with the game. What I mean by that is there are times when you've got like a long travel and they play a soundtrack to the travel as you go and you can, like, so let's just say you're traveling half across the map for part of a resolution to a chapter. Right. They resolve it with a song that goes with the chapter and it plays out about as long as it takes you to get to your destination and it never, it fades out when you get there. I guess it gets to a part of the song or the way they did the music to where it doesn't end prematurely. Right. And I was really impressed with that. It does this like cinematic mode thing, right? But you can basically like just hold down A and they'll go where you need to go. Like you don't have to worry about anything. And during those cinematic moments, like you weren't attacked by anything. Nothing of that sort happened. It was just like we're resolving this chapter and we're going to keep moving on. And then you're going to get to the next spot. And then by the time you get to the next spot, we're going to pick up the next part of the story. Well, I mean, I remember the defining moment for me in Red Dead Redemption, the first game, was when you first got to Mexico and the fucking song played as you were, you know, crossing the border. And yep, that was, I, I thought that was one of the moments in that game that just made the game way, way better. Like it, the the song that they picked was spot on for, you know, f you know, for the situation yeah, you were going into a brand new part of this uh, this map, and you had to actually travel there, you know, on your horse. So it just felt right, and it's good that they That's continued it's, that same. Yeah, it's that same. It has. They do such a good job of playing on the Western theme well. 
They still have the rock store, rock characteristic rock star stories of the absurd that kind of plays into the main story. Still didn't see any titties or ass. I'm slightly disappointed, but whatever. This guy. Um, like but, digital titties must be happening. Well, you know, digital I just titties. thought something would happen, right? Digititties. But I feel like they did just such a good job with the pacing and the he, story. You could set the pacing. He wanted however you the want. Western version of the lap dance from GTA Five. Oh my God, that was so terrible. <laughs> I was what I was trying to see is I was trying to see if like it compared at all to that. Like, what are they going for here, right? Especially when it's a story of an antihero, which is kind of what they do all the time, right? So going through that story, though, I just liked the writing so well. It was like a really long, it's like a, a, a really long Netflix series, right? Think of the progression on this story very Breaking Bad in a way, right? You're not quite such a good guy, but it's the slow devolution or devolving of events. Okay. As things tend to start to completely unwind, and that's... That's that's the story of Red Dead, and it's kind of like how you come out of that. But it's a it's a really interesting story. I had a it is honestly the closest game that plays like a game to cinema I've ever played, and I'm not going to talk about Heavy Rain or anything like that because those games play out almost like a choose your own adventure movie. This yes. game plays like a video game, but acts like a movie, and it does it really well. I uh, just it's at a it's at its own level. I can understand the praise that's being given. Okay, it's, so it's almost like it's almost like you're in the director's chair for your own movie. It's 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 their it's their odyssey, right? Like it's it's a journey, right? And that's why I'm using that comparison. It's a journey into what's going on. <laughs> journey to the west. Wait, I'm sorry. There's no it's... monkey king. This guy. Um, I don't generally give stuff praise like this. Though. No, you don't, and that's and that's kind of telling. Minor, minor, minor thing, minor complaint. There are some stupid ass bugs that happen. If everything was cleaned up, I would give it a five. Like I would give it a five. Aside from the stupid, I'm going to go check the ledger thing, and I'm going to walk and bump into the box like seven times because there's a dead body in front of it. And I, my character doesn't understand the pathing. but And it still does a stupid thing like, I know a lot of people complained about the movement in Witcher being slightly delayed. Like, there's a slight delay to the movement on this, too. Yes. And, yeah. And like I slow. Right. Well, you're playing Warframe, right? I get that. Everything is so slow. But I just, I don't know how this game is. I understand that it took a small town and five years to make this game, and I understand why. It is at an extreme level of polish, and whatever criticism it has right now is only due to some crazy, weird mechanical stuff and their own way of doing firearms and things so, like that, which is a little bit weird. So would you say, as far as big AAA release, it's probably one of the most polished upon release that you've played? I mean, um, in general, like there was very few bugs per se. There was no clipping through the world or anything crazy like that. This is no Elix, right? Right. <laughs> oh, my God. I've tried hard to like that game. That game is a weird Frankenstein monster. Um, Glad I got it on sale for, like, 15 bucks. Maybe I'll go back. Right. But in general, yeah, like, it's just a weird, really well thought out, really well told story. And because the pacing is how you put it, never feels... 
too slow or too fast. If you want to go through things at your own pace, you can do that aside from some of the side stuff. The pacing. Okay. Pacing's always a big deal for me. For the for for story quest and pacing, yes. I I, I understand. It I, we talked about this a little bit after last week's show uh about why I hadn't actually started playing this game. And it's just because there is a massive speed difference, like just gameplay speed difference between what I'm playing currently and this. Oh, but there's yeah. a massive speed difference with what you're playing versus almost all games. Well, not necessarily. Like aside from racing games. Well, that and some first-person shooters. So you're playing literally the fastest shooter. It's a third-person shooter, right? The fastest game out there right now. It's yeah, and I, I I'm gotten used to the twitchiness. So things that are slower than that. I don't know from from a like a, a normal gameplay session standard, things that are slower than that tend to bore me. I, I, and it may be just I don't know. I, I, maybe bore is not the the uh, the right word for it, but it's it, it's jarring. That's what it is. Like you're going from you know gotta go fast, fucking you know Sanic level to freaking like I don't know RPG level. It's crazy. It's, right. It's not. It's not fast at all. <laughs> um, I I do plan on playing it. I really do. Uh, I I'm glad to hear that you enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, and it's it's mirroring a lot of what I'm hearing about. Um, uh, you know, elsewhere, you know, a lot of the people in the well. Here's the crazy thing. Like I've skimmed over the press. Mm-hmm. Just you know, like am I way off? Because I generally don't. And I don't intentionally agree with things, right? right? I tend to try to form my own opinion after I've played something. Well, and I've when I was deep into it, I wasn't looking at anything. Right. I just one day I was like, I wonder what the Metacritic score would this. What? Yeah, and like I'm just like, holy shit! And that's pretty much all I've seen so far. I mean, I have told myself I've that seen I a wasn't... single bad review that mentioned mechanics, and somebody got really hung up on mechanics. Oh wow! Well, I mean, I I looked. Uh, I'm not looking really at you know, at reviews, what people are saying, I'm looking at what this, you know, what the average score is. Uh, and with any RPG, it's, this is an RPG, you know, no matter how you, uh, how you roll it really. But with any RPG, I, I will not read what people are talking about on that because I will eventually play it. And I really don't want any parts of the story, you know, spoiled for me. You know, it's still. This is weeks later. It's still at a ninety-seven percent positive review. Yeah, and it's probably going to hang there for uh, for a while. I don't, I don't know. There's well, a here's part of the thing. There is nothing like it out there, right? So it fills a void the, of stuff that's not out there. There's not a good Western game of any sort. Well, there that anybody that's heard of. There wasn't when Red I, Dead came out. There's a there's a weird demon hunting western game called Hard West. Hard that's, West. That's sort of western. It involves revolvers and turn-based shooting, and it's right. really bizarre. Um, And I thought that was kind of cool. But, like, it, there's just nothing that fits that niche the way that Red Dead does at all. There so is- it already has that going for it, right? right? It's one part RPG light. It's one part action game. It's one part huge story, like very interactive story. Partially survival, but not much. 
Um, it just it fills it ticks a lot of boxes for what things people like in a really specific way, and it just does a really good job of sticking to it. If you want to be frontiersman hunt hunter dude, you could be frontiersman hunter dude if you want. Right. It's got all the open-endedness, and then it's got a very tight story you can follow along with it, which is a perfect recipe for success, I think. And if I was to play it, I think I'd I'd probably, the first playthrough, I'd play through just the story. Um, You know, and I know there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of shit that I miss, but that's where the second playthrough comes in. I mean, uh, I plan on... Here's the thing. I played through, I beat the story, and now everything is completely open. And if I want to do any of the side stuff, like there's some kind of weird photo side show, there's a legendary hunt thing that I need, I, I say I need, I can do, right? There's a lot of those things where it's for the open-endedness that right. I didn't pay as close attention to that I can totally do right now. Right. I think that's, see, if I, when I play it, I'm probably, I'm probably going to play all of the 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 side stories that uh that are basically gated by the story progression uh and then just go through the story progression I, and I need to you know I want to see the story of this uh, of this game it's uh, the the hard thing about doing some of the side bandit stuff is mm-hmm. the bounty gets so high that you can't pay it off and you're not looting enough money or maybe I wasn't to pay off the bounty that I want to so if I go and rob several trains in my Bounty goes up to 600 bucks, which in Old West money is pretty expensive. I mean, I'm looting corpses for like 25 cents. I'm looting right. a few dollars worth of stuff. I'm looting some rings that cost $10. And that means I need to loot like 60 bodies or 60 passengers, and that doesn't always happen on a train. So I just made this huge-ass bounty, and then if I'm killing the law when they're chasing me, my bounty just keeps going up, going right. up, going up. So then I have to try to outrun them, and then it turns into this crazy series of chases of on horseback of me like roping people off their horses and like firing back over my shoulder and taking every health item in my inventory and like trying to lose them through water and then through gator country and all sorts of stuff. Like it just gets it turns into a big old like <laughs> Benny Hill moment. Um, but it, yeah, like the game just overall impressed the fuck out of me. I just haven't. I'm not, I'm not that guy, and I, I can truly say though I've just this game hit a high that I have not hit in a while, and I really needed it this year, and just instantly, yeah, like this is in the top of the top, pretty easy. Like I, I'm gonna have to revisit things and see if anything made me feel this way throughout the rest of the year. Like this, if this doesn't beat a lot of shit, like I don't know. It's what probably does. it's probably if I get a shoe in for you know for game of the year. I mean, even, it's in top three, easy. Yeah, and there's there's I not mean, anything there's coming people, out. You know, a lot of people already looking at it and saying, "Man, this beats the fuck out of uh, God of War." And I mean, this God beats War, the fuck out of like people like Skyrim because of the open endedness, right? Like it's right. A, it was a standard from several years ago. I know we hate talking about it, but Skyrim. But it had some clunky, like, combat mechanics, but you could, like, kind of make your character however you wanted, right? It had some pretty cool story to it. You had the Radiant Quest to keep you going. You They added building to the game, right? When it started to be modded, it was a 4K game. Like, it just, it was, it was just something cool, right? And the, it was a, certainly a leg up from Oblivion, but it was, like the gold standard to hold a lot of games to just because it hit a wide appeal for a lot of good reasons, right? Even if it was a janky ass game, 
the thing is, is this isn't a janky ass game. That's that's the big thing. There's a, a certain level of jank in all games, but this is polished way beyond that. I just I like the fuck out of it. It's really really good. Well, there you go. Really I mean, good. It's it's Mass Effect two level good. That's uh, that's high praise. That's high praise. That is. Uh, you know, it it'll eventually happen. It's uh, it's it is the absolute next fucking game that I'm playing. That's fair. I'll I'll talk a little bit about some other things I played. I to so that we could have discussion. I played some Warframe. Oh, about, you... three, about three hours. Wait, what? I played. How did I miss this? I Wait a intentionally second. went invisible so you wouldn't try to tell me all the things so I could learn on my own. You, I, it, what? No, no, you I broke be... the record. No, you you logged into your old account. I did log into my old account. Oh my god, you were you were up to one thousand seven hundred and eighteen fucking days like offline, and you broke that for me. I I was keeping you were you were the only other person on my friends list that was that high. <laughs> it was crazy. I haven't played it since twenty fourteen. Well, probably before twenty fourteen. It was twenty fourteen. It was about the same time I stopped playing, and I still have like wait. So I was at seventeen hundred and what days? Seventeen hundred and eighteen or some shit. It was. It How was many a years stupid. Is that four years? That's, five years? That's probably like four or five years almost. Fucking one thousand seven hundred eighteen hours to years. Uh, hours, yes, days, right? Oh, days, yeah, days, 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 days to years. Four point yeah. seven years. Yeah. See, so almost five. Yeah, almost five years. Fucking. It's, it's crazy, and I played Warframe later than you did. You stopped a few, playing a few months after I quit. Right, not that many. And, and uh, I mean, it, it fell off for me, you know, you know, back in the day. But I still have, I still have in-game mail from back then. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. So it's, I went by. I have my some last... mail from 2014 right. that I was checking as I was going through the interface. But I'm gonna, I'll touch on that when we talk okay. about Warframe. Yeah, of course. Um, but I I did it as an in between. I needed a palate cleanse after playing that much Red Dead. Mm-hmm. Like I had poop socked it so hard that like I just I needed a little bit of I needed to come up for some air. Right. Been in a deprivation chamber for too long. Right. And, <clears throat> um, I did play uh, some Fallout seventy six, dude. And I will say, dude. Um, dude. I I'm gonna talk about playing online with others. Okay. <laughs> Casey is really into this game, right? Casey likes Fallout like I like Fallout. Uh-huh. Um, he has some memories of Fallout because when he was in Iraq, he played three. And literally, I think he collected all the junk in the entire wasteland. Wow. He has a like a record-holding level of hours in Fallout 3, more than me, by a long shot. Probably the most of most people. We're multiple, like this is an everyday thing for like a year. Because he didn't have access to a lot, right? And it just fit a groove for him back in when it came out. Um, but anyways, he's also playing Fallout 76 much the same way. And so that means that every rock, pencil, pliers, everything is Casey just grabbing everything like a magnet when in a in a cup full of iron fillings. Like Casey's just like, oh, but there's this pencil. And just like, Casey. Casey, pencil. C- come on, Casey, come on, <laughs> come, come on. on, come on, Casey, come on. Jesus, I was there. Was at one point I, I he's think like, I can't move. I'm overburdened. 
he was overburdened all the time. And we, I had my, I was farther ahead than him. Like he was level two on Wednesday and had been just dicking around. And I know he's level two because he was collecting everything in the wasteland. Um, still didn't know how to collect wood, but then I showed him and then life got ever bit slower. But we, uh, <laughs> He, uh, picking I his was, wood, man. Picking his wood. Yeah, picking his wood. But the <laughs> the thing about a fast travel is that some it costs caps for different reasons. It's not a lot of caps, but you don't earn a lot of caps in the game. Um, at least at our level, we're talking like two or three at a time, or when you open a Nuka Cola, or you can find a little stash somewhere of like twenty caps, or you do a quest and you get like fifty caps, right? So fast travel across across the map might cost thirty five caps, right? So when me at level 15 had stockpiled about 700 caps, and Casey had about 100. Like, we tried to be strategic in how we do it, how we traveled around. So, I took, I had my base set up closer to a higher level area where I was at with my character, and I fast traveled having more money to a spot that was kind of in the middle of the map. So, he'd have a place to, because he could access his stash in my base. So I moved my base, which didn't take very long because it's just like moving a mobile home or something. Like you just hit the button, and if there's space for your base, then it just lays out exactly like it was. And the little bits of parts that weren't fit there, like it kept stuff attached to my roof and to the floorboards. It's really weird in how it does it. So like in your storage, it just has a picture of an RV, and you highlight over it, and then you get the floating icon of whatever was that was attached to it. So it's like a floorboard with a bed and a stash box and, like, my camp thing is all attached to the floorboard. So, like, I had most of my base that plopped out, and there was a part that was an empty void. So it refunded that back the way it's assembled, except just the walls and the floor and the ceiling all separate. And then I reassembled that to a different part of the base. So it's a weird modular house that I have. <laughs> um, so I just kind of re-snapped it and took a couple minutes to rearrange it and then he had a fast travel location he could always go to for free and then him being poor he can always fast travel to me so I would be like I'll spend the money to go wherever we need to go so he can do it but I specifically did that because he had to keep going back to base and I only had one table that we could use to scrap things so it was basically walk around for 10 minutes while Casey grabbed everything <laughs> and then travel back to base and let him unload into a stash and then go back out for about 10 more minutes. And we could be in the forest. He'd be collecting wood and like, like he'd be like, Oh, there's an ax. There's this, an ax. And then he grabbed the ax. And I'm just like, Casey, you're going to run out of, you're out of room again. This is, this is the kind of guy that you need in a survival situation. Like, though. I mean, like, I guess so. He's well, like, I made more rat chunks. Like he's so excited. Yeah. Like making like all this like random ass shitty food. <laughs> I mean, remember when we were fucking playing like the early fucking days of, you know, you know, uh, seven days to die. I mean, oh, how many God. fucking times did you guys come back or, you know, come back fucking loaded down with fucking sheets of paper and shit, you know? Like, fucking... Yeah, but yeah. we needed that for bullet making. Well, we needed that for fucking shotgun shells. And just, well, he know. didn't realize how much ammo weighed, so, like, he has had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rounds he'd been collecting. I was like, you don't even have a gun yet. <laughs> I was like, what do you... He's like, but I'm gonna need it later. He's, I was like, you like, will yeah. get an am ammo naturally. I was like, yeah. I was like, toss it all. No. I was like, I've got... I've got 1,200 rounds of 308, and I need to get rid of it. So as you run out of ammo, I will give you 308. You're using a hunting rifle. You're going to go through 10 rounds per thing because you're good at shooting. But 
You're but, right, but you but you need to have ammo. You yeah, but you you but, run across it pretty naturally, but, and you can make it. But but it's free and it's on the ground. <laughs> this is this is how he's thinking. I know he's, <laughs> he's thinking like he's back in Iraq and he has nothing. Hey, well, I mean. You have I've, ammo. And it's just like any of the other games where you could tag certain items for search. So, like, for me, it's just the two things that I always seem to need is adhesive and aluminum. So I literally just pick up that, and then I scrap weapons for anything else that I need. So I go through and scrap shit, and then... He's the purger in case he's the collector. Got it. Yeah. So I literally get just the handful of things I need for making new weapons or repairing weapons, and then he gets everything. The only other thing I collect is wood. You know um, what he probably and has? And I collect beer to sell. You know what he probably has? What? He probably has an overabundance of aluminum and adhesive because he picks that shit up. <laughs> no, it's... it's I, until I didn't... Re- and then I need, like, gear. So, like, I'm picking up a lot of desk fans. Yeah. I, that's the thing about Fallout. I mean, honestly, you're highlighting something that, I, you know, that, uh, that I, I think needs to be pointed out. is like, Fallout is basically the trash collector game. You know, you collect trash and you then repurpose that trash into something that's useful. I mean, if you saw some of the fucking guns that you can make early on, they're like fucking pieces of plywood strapped together with a barrel held on by duct tape and fucking like some ratchet straps. And I love that shit. And and, (laughs) I'll I'll talk about the highlights and I'll talk about the low points, okay? Okay. Because I've got about 10 hours in it. I played, I was fixing my girlfriend's computer last night, so Thursday I got a little bit of time. But not a lot. I, I got a little bit of time to play a little bit solo. And I kept my progress from beta. The one gripe I have is it didn't transport all the basic achievements that I would have got just being, like, entering the world. Uh-huh. And I don't know if a patch will get that. No. Another probably. major gripe that I had was the game took... The server stress must have been at such a level that the server was just had just given up the ghost. Like, it was... I tested my connection. I reset my <laughs> DNS on my like I went in and set manual DNS on my Xbox. I was like, okay, so automatic's probably doing something to throttle it. I'm gonna set no. high priority and put DNS in a spot where it's the first thing it gets hit. No. And I repurposed it. I test out it. Yeah, I'm at 178 megabits per second. Yeah. I am doing fine on my You're, speed. It's not you. And then I go back and resume the download, and the download comes in at. 20 megabits a second. It's, it's like, son of a bitch. It's not you. Because I had, I know, I had the, the disc had 400 megabytes of data on it, and the game downloaded an additional 52 gigs off the internet. <laughs> Jesus. I went, I was helping, I was helping my girlfriend fix her computer. She's had a lot of issues. I went to her place and fixed the computer, and Thought, you know, maybe it'll be done downloading by the time I get back. I was like, how fortunate. I don't have to, like, choose between things because that would be shitty. <laughs> like, I would choose her, and then I'd just be like, but fall out. But, you know, <laughs> but I chose I chose her, and obviously wisely so. Right. Um, and then I came back, and it still took till 1130. <laughs> this one's been Tuesday night. Yeah, it was Tuesday night. It took till 1130 to finish, and then, you know, me and Casey went on the junk collection spree, and then I basically just dressed him up and gave him a couple of weapons and some ammo. And then the next and, day is and, when we actually played. But 
Um, oh, yeah, geez. it took me till like eleven thirty, and I started downloading that bitch at like seven thirty. Yeah, no, it was insane. The, and I know the server stress was ridiculous because I was looking at Reddit and everything else, and everybody was bitching about the same thing. It's not just it's it was the download servers, it was the connection servers. Was, uh, I mean, the the actual you know the play servers were having all kinds of issues. Uh, were you, do you get, did you get disconnected a lot or? I never got disconnected. Okay. Here's what I did run into though. So I wanted to join Casey's game cause he had just started, right? So I tried to join his server and it gave me a message about 10 seconds in that his server was full. I was like, all right, so it doesn't let you pick a server. So I'm just going to load in and just see what happens. And I loaded in and it must have appropriated a new server or something like that for me because I loaded in pretty quickly. And I said, all right. I'm going to invite you to my game, and then when you get into my game, we'll just see if we have an issue. And so that's how we kind of resolved that. Okay. Um, day two, we didn't have the same issue at all. I just invited him to my game, and then we were good to go. So we'll talk about some of the bitches here in a second because I understand there are some, and I understand why. Um, but what I – playing with Casey the Junk Collector, like we had some fun with it. I mean, we ran into – one thing that I didn't realize that I would like is I didn't realize I would like playing it with a buddy. So we turned off local chat and just put all TeamSpeak on TeamSpeak, essentially. So it was just me and him. Like, we occasionally ran into people that we would see because we started off. It's called the Overseer's Camp. And before you have any kind of workbench, Overseer's Camp has, like, a weapon bench. It has an armor bench. It has a, a stove, basically, right, and your stash. And it's basically everything you need to break down shit, make basic healing items, make basic armor, and make weapons. Because at the beginning of the game, all you have are leather armor recipes. And you find a lot of recipes in the world um, as you go. So, like, some of the stuff for your camp... Like, my house is very boxy because I've discovered very few recipes for different types of walls and things like that. Or different doors. Like, if I, have, I have one single style of door. So, I have a house with, like, wooden shutters... And a very flat roof with some very basic guns and, you know, it's just some basic shit inside. We lived in rectangle, rectangles and arc. Yeah. I mean, only when we started actually getting, like, creative did, that, did we end up making fucking massive structures. Well, and I got creative with at least the floor plan, the, the rectangular floor plan that I had that kind of goes in different directions mm -hmm. because... I've put everything in a square of sorts so that if it gets modular, I can put it however I want. But I've left it pretty central to the map because there's a free travel point to the vault and there's a free travel point to your camp. So I've got them spaced out to where it's easy to go between either war for wherever I need to go. And then when I've been in a higher level area where I want to go back to camp and then go back to what I'm doing, I've got my camp set fairly close to where I can fast travel and then only spend a couple minutes getting back to where it was. So I'll typically move camp, but that costs some caps, but not nearly as much as fast travel. I, I Sorry, I just had like, I, I was having flashbacks to ARC. And I remember Which ARC, ARC has weight limits too. When you have your right. pterodactyl or whatever and he's like slow flying because he's so heavy. Yeah. And it's just like he's he's like flying like he's got to take a shit. <laughs> he's so heavy. He's like, you motherfucker, why did you get on top of me? My RG is like, I refuse to fly. <laughs> yeah, we've run into points where all he wants to do is walk. Yep. He's like, I'm just going to hobble along here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we've had some fun with that. And we ran into like a, do you remember the Yagwai? Yeah. It's the yeah. Muted, mutated yeah. bears. Yep. Yeah. 
we ran into a pack of mutated bears and I was one thing that it does that now I've played it I understand better is with the level system the way that works is strength perception endurance um, charisma intelligence agility and luck is you raise every time you level you raise that by one point and that's the amount of points you can put into that perk you open a card pack and what the card packs allow you to do is it allows you to rearrange those action points at any point not the points themselves but just the perks that go with it depending on your situation so it's kind of like a free respec with whatever you want to do so you open a pack of cards on certain levels and it gives you a spread of cards and those are the perks from the other games that you kind of put together for different things so with Casey, the charisma points do extra XP that you get. You get extra damage perks. You get extra damage resistance, things like that. You get perks that while you're in camp, you don't lose water nearly as fast or food. Unlike hunger and thirst, like slow down very dramatically when you're in camp with somebody else. So you set the perks up for party play, essentially. And then you see, I've got perks for solo play, too. Like I've got a perk that gives me like 10% damage reduction and 10% overall damage for playing by myself and then also like additional weight um, there's a lot of weight management perks that I've been putting points into um, but the the hot swapping of perks now that I understand what it is is fine um, the real money stuff so let me explain that oh God. here's what it is oh God. it's a handful of skins for your pit boy a handful of and when I say skins it's like there's a gold one a blue one and your basic one right there is a handful of outfits that you can get that mm -hmm. which are clothes the way it does armor in this game is you wear the armor underneath your clothes or you can wear it on the outside however you want to do it but um you you there's just like some stupid goofy shit in there right and they cost atoms you get atoms for challenges that you do naturally to begin with so i killed like 10 robots so i got like uh, 50 points right and like a low cost vanity item would be like 200 points so you earn those to begin with okay you could be a whale and buy a bunch of atoms i just don't see the need to because i bought a couple of things and was pretty okay with what i got like i got a vault tech hat and a robo a robco hat i was like oh those are kind of neat so i got those off the stuff i've earned from whatever i'm doing okay but it doesn't play into the gameplay. There's not card packs you can buy or anything that affect the game in any meaningful way. Yet. Well, maybe. I don't know. Again, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, there's not anything right now that has to do with that. I'm, I'm sorry. When when you see uh, a randomized card pack system for a perks uh, and different rarities to the cards, that screams that it's going to be monetized it, at some point. But I haven't run into rarity of card. They're rare cards. I'm, I'm I mean, sure there's nothing's the, marked as a foil card or anything like that. No, but you've got like fucking like the there's the white cards and there's fucking uh, gold cards. Right? I haven't. No, you know I've seen gold cards. Okay. I haven't played the fucking game. I just watch people, other people play it because, I mean, I've stayed at fucking pole length, like fucking fifteen fucking foot pole length from this fucking game because it looks like cancer. Uh, it's it, not. It doesn't do anything. You're not buying additional vaults. No, but I. Mm, we'll get to that later. I don't. We'll get to that later. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. But anyways, what I'm getting at is that there hasn't been anything, and this may change, right? But I'm just saying I've got experience playing the damn game, and did have some fun playing with Casey, and I had a lot of fun with just 
the banter that we had as we were traveling along with the minor annoyance of Casey being super, super, super fucking drunk and uh, collecting every pen and pencil. And I mean, that's that's how he plays the game. And it's just something I have to accept that we'll do. We can get through two quests in two hours, I think. Maybe, maybe four. That's crazy. Um, but like I've, that's the stuff I've had fun with. I think the world building in itself has been pretty good. I understand the lack, the weirdness is the extreme lack of NPCs. That's, that's definitely a thing to kind of talk about the stuff that I'm not so keen on. Okay. Um, I'm I'm just waiting for you to open up the, you know, the, the gates to the bad stuff. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, here's the gates opening. Um, I, I've ran in, I haven't run into the amount of server lag I had before. Um, I didn't run into anybody being fucking annoying. Yet. It's 16 square miles with like 20 people. Right. But yet. Okay. Not sure. Okay. So, the so game I've got has, about, uh, so in beta, I've got 12 hours. In normal play, I have about 12 hours. And I have run across about 10 people in that time. Okay. And PvP is, uh, you have to kind of accept it. So here's how PvP works. You okay. can touch yourself on pacifist mode, which completely disables PvP for you. People can damage you by like a quarter of a percent, so you know you're getting shot at. But it's like a quarter of a percent. It is so minuscule, you feel the controller vibrate, and I know that I got shot by somebody, and I pull up the map and I see an icon of somebody close by me, or I turn the the compass, shows me like somebody close by that's another player. If somebody, if I engage in PvP, right, what I, he has to do is I have to not be in pacifist mode. I have to, he has to shoot me and I have to shoot him back within a certain window of time. And then it's full damage to each other based on whatever gear you got. So that's kind of how PvP works. Uh-huh. The reason for the nukes and stuff like that is to set up high level areas, which I haven't run into yet. But I did run into a high level area called the Rift, I think. And I was looking for a video, and I guess this is where somebody nuked the rift on purpose to get additional high-level shit. The level cap, I think, is 100. So okay. it's, it generated like a level 100 legendary Scorch Beast, and what a Scorch Beast is is basically Fallout Dragons. Right. They're, they're giant lizards with wings that breathe radiation. Super metal. It's super fucking metal. All right. Um <laughs> And they have a lot of weird additional creatures they haven't had in any of the other games, like a weird, like, baby-faced scorpion thing is the only way I can describe it. It is an abomination. <laughs> baby-faced scorpion? What the fuck? It's looks like it's, it looks like a mix between an arthropod and a human. Okay. It's really fucked up looking, and it's really fucking hard to kill. Okay. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. Um, I've run into, like, super... Like I want to call them super shrimp, like it looks like a giant shrimp, not not a lobster, but like a giant shrimp that shoots fire. On land, on land, yeah. Okay. But they're usually in like a wetland area that I was running. There's all these irradiated pools. Okay. And they, they were coming out of the irradiated pools, and they were the 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 wildlife fight each other quite a bit. So like you don't necessarily not everything is just automatically attack you. So there'll be like the ghouls that are out there. You got your fair ghouls. You've got the scorched, which are like more intelligent ghouls. They're like crazy ghouls, but they wield weapons and things like that. They're kind of like this game's raiders, but you'll see them fighting like a whole group of things, right? 
or they'll be like what are the blood the super mosquito things right those things are dangerous as fuck in this game because they're hard as hell to hit um and i've kind of figured out how to use vats differently so what vats is for is when i have to react to a lot of things Vats is for when, because it's real time, it's not nearly as cool as it was before. But what it is good for is I've got a shotgun. I'm surrounded by these mosquito bitches that I can't quite shoot because they're moving so fast. And it's good for me to click left button, shoot, click left button, shoot, click. It's like doing dead eye real quick is what it's kind of like. It's an auto aim. Yeah, it's an it's a it's a spaced out auto aim that helps you out occasionally. And uh, and it comes with perks like criticals, and you can move the move your stick to a select different things as things are coming at you to get a headshot or whatever. Okay, it doesn't automatically. It, you no, know, because it you to... you basically level it up based on your uh, perception. Okay, so the thing is, is some of the combat I've, I've seen has been pretty quick, uh, and uh, if you flip on vats and your and your targets going left or right or life, you know, or whatever. You know, your fucking screen goes fucking crazy shit, uh, and you're just constantly trying to fucking hit the button, and you could go from having a 90% chance to hit to fucking, like, zero, and... It gets better based on your perception. Like, it doesn't ever slow anything down, but, like, I can keep a head highlighted as long as the head's in view. Okay. It's it's just... Uh, I don't know. I, I think that... But here's... I'll talk about some of the bad, right? Uh... Like, I have... That's why I've, I've had, like, a an opinion that's different on this because I don't – it's – if it – when you you have a certain level of expectations of the Fallout game, right? A, a lot of what colors Fallout is the NPCs and the story around it. And what they're trying to do is have you create a story and you being the central part to the story because there's not anybody around, right? Right. And so as a Fallout game, it fails in that regard so far. It does – Put together, it does do a fair bit of world building and what's going on, and makes it pretty apparent. It's not necessarily just reading through a bunch of terminals. Like there's a lot, and holotapes, right? There's a lot of a lot of that interaction happens through a lot of the, I guess there's a lot of like androids and robots. Like I ran into a weird robot ran golf course, which when you find it is actually pretty fucking cool because like they're trying to manage and they like think they're people. So, like, there's this whole thing with these robots that are, like, think they're people that, like, they have their own stores, they have their own shops, like, all sorts of stuff. And it's this weird robot town um, that's, like, just out in the middle of the wasteland and all the, the grass is cut clean. It looks does not look like it's part of the wasteland. It's completely shiny in contrast to everything around it. Well. And it's a really big area. But there's a lot of, like, burned out houses and stuff like that around that are full of enemies of all sorts so, we and me and him have had some weird dungeon crawls of sorts that we've had some fun with. And playing with somebody else is definitely beneficial because it does the level of difficulty with. We ran into this town and there's full there's things called mole men that yeah. they have, uh-huh. and they're like miners or they're really really burly. They're kind of like an underground super mutant of sorts. Like it's a completely different character than anything they've done. And it they kind of look mole like. They look like fat sand people. <laughs> and they're brutally tough. Okay. Um, and we got into a burned out town that was inhabited by mole men and didn't realize that, like, it was a high level quest area to get, 
like we didn't we found we encountered a miscellaneous quest in an event there and the event was to take out the the boss in that area and the boss in that area had like 30 minions and they were all two levels higher than me and like 10 levels higher than Casey <laughs> so i played tank of a sort right like i tried to soak and block damage cuz you can block and blocking is actually pretty critical to that game so you have to time it with the hit that's coming at you but it, you know you can't block bullets but usually you get a mix of melee and ranged fighters in a group. So I had a spear that I would try to block with and then stab. And then Casey was off to the left, like emptying out everything in his shotgun. So that was still doing damage. That's why he has so much ammo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I was giving him a lot of ammo. I was like, so you're going to use this hunting rifle and you're going to use a shotgun. And you're going to, I'm going to be the guy that gets the fuck beat out of him because you keep accidentally hitting your stim packs. <laughs> because he's, he was too drunk. Well, but he could wield a shotgun like a motherfucker. Right. Um, and then when we finally got done with that, it was an hour of him looting. So, <laughs> and trying wow. to find a, and try to find a bench to, to cut down on everything. Here's where my biggest bitch is a common one, but maybe not so common. So they said before beta ended, they were going to up their stash limit, right? And so the stash limit is 400 pounds. You can carry default like 175 pounds. Right. My guy mostly kitted out with his armor, which is a mix of metal and leather armor, and like a shotgun, a pipe rifle, a melee weapon, and a revolver, and then like a, an automatic weapon. That's what I usually roll with. Weighs 135 pounds. So I have a very little weight. They do some weight reduction with bulk crafting, if you want to do that, and then also junk weighs very little after you break it down so if you scrap weapons it turns into very little weight so my 10 pound gun goes down to like half a pound after i've scrapped it for what i can use off of it so i tend to fill up my inventory full of shit and then break it all down and then move it to my stash casey never does any of that so like his stash is probably overflowing at this point but that 400 pound limit is very limiting and there's already a mod on the pc side that gets around that bethesda stated they're working on it i don't know what the limitation is if it's some weird server side thing or what but like you're stuck at that 400 pound limit doesn't matter how many boxes you craft <laughs> you are stuck at 400 pounds limits and it all links to the same stash oh, wow. they've done a very good job of organizing that stash it is super easy to get through everything's put into categories but and you've got a lot of different sword options so you can find what you're looking for but if there's anything for right now, even though this is a major frustration point for me, use what you need and scrap what you don't and don't hold on to everything. If you got a high level weapon or two that you're waiting for, that's fine. I got a level 25 crossbow that I want to try. Yeah. But there's no point in holding on to 30 pipe pipe it, pistols. It wouldn't work for me because when I played Fallout 4, I ended up having like, uh, you had your workbench stash. Uh, and then you had, you know, just any uh, container that you wanted to build, you know, in your base that I had, I had a medical box set up for just stim packs and medical things. I had a fucking, uh, I had lockers set up next to my, uh, you know, my power suit freaking bay, uh, that had just weapons in it, uh, just ranged weapons and the locker next to it just had melee weapons and i think and a lot of people want that like i'll tell you a trick that i learned with power armor because power armor spawns in certain parts of the world and it comes with a, it comes with all the basic pieces like you have to find the other pieces i found a raider power armor helmet that i can use with mine now but it starts off at like level 15 
And the power ar- armor frame by itself weighs 10 pounds in your inventory. And you can carry it in as your in- as part of your inventory. So you could load it out or load it back into your box, right? But what all the pieces to it, so the arms, the legs, the helmet, are all level 25 on every basic piece that I've found. So you can't use any of that. You can use the frame. The frame is incredibly beneficial because it ups your carry weight and it gives you way better melee and it still gives you pretty significant damage reduction. Right. And you but you gotta power it with fusion cores, right? You can make fusion cores, but it takes some high level material, so you tend to find a few and you kinda use it like a power up essentially. Right. So what I found out is that you could transfer all that heavy ass equipment, that hundred pounds worth of shit off of it, exit your power armor, retransfer it back to the frame, and in ten seconds it teleports into your inventory at ten pounds. So it may be a bug, but it's a beneficial bug. So You're just gaming I, the system there. I'm gaming the system because I have to have a power armor frame to hang it so that I can just go back to my base and pull out my power armor. Right, right. just like Fallout 4. Right, I mean, you'd, you'd craft the frame. It's still got the frames, but I haven't found the blueprint for the frame yet. It's See, a lot of a lot of the criticisms that I've, I've heard from people who have uh, purchased it is that this game feels a lot like an online version of, uh, of Fallout 4. Uh, that is just basically a mod over the uh, uh, over the base of Fallout Four, but made online. I think um, there's a lot more to it than that because, like, if you want me to load it up and let you look at it on a actual TV and not on a stream, I mean, it doesn't look bad. It, it, it doesn't it would, look as I'll retract a statement I made. It is not as good looking as Red Dead by any means, <laughs> but I will say for it is the best looking Fallout game to date. Yeah, but it still has the same fucking texture style that Fallout 4 had. I mean, no, it's very visually similar, to, you know, from what I've seen so far. It's very visually similar to what I've seen from Fallout 4. Then you've watched 2 hours of streams and somebody's been in one <coughs> village like it's there's a the biggest difference and, and that's where I'm going to contrast you really hard. The okay. biggest difference with it being in West Virginia and shortly after a war is you do have those burned out areas. But there's a whole lot of lush forest. Right. No, the forest looks and, good. It's, and like it's about lo- fall time, right? Yeah, and there's a lot of vegetation on things where there wasn't necessarily very much vegetation in well, four. Right. Well, four, four was a huge city that was burned out. Well, four still had forests, though. I mean, you came out of a fucking forest, but it was still it was still burnt out a bit. The biggest difference is this is all overgrown. It's the difference between like when you're in. You've played all of Wasteland three, right? He, Wasteland three or Wasteland two? I two? mean two, yeah. I mean, Wasteland three's not out yet, man. Uh, Wasteland two, yeah. Watched... You remember? So you had the transition from the desert to the right. to the green map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the green map is what I see. This is where I see Fallout Four being more of the brown map. Okay, I mean, I mean, there are some parts outside of Boston that are green, but for the most part, it's very urban. Right. Well, and the urban kind of environments same. use I, they use some they use they reuse some of the tile sets. I don't disagree with that. Right. But, I mean, there's a lot of Western Virginia stuff in it. Like, they've actually made a pretty big point, like, in a water park is where I'm at right now. Okay. Like, that's very much way different than anything you get in for. Well, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying it looks exactly the same as fucking Boston did. I'm just saying that it uh, that uh, it's got the same visual style. It's got the same kind of resolution. It's got the... Uh, the um, I disagree on the resolution quite a bit. I, I, I doubt it. I mean... From what I've seen so far, it it's not like it's not it's not as playing, pretty as I'd want it to be. I was playing four right before I played seventy six, and I noticed a pretty different jump. But there's a uh, but there's a thing. I mean, 
I your looked crafting at the station game, looks the same. I looked at the games side by side, honestly. Just looked at, looking at the games side by side, the enemies, the weapons, everything, you know, looks visually similar to a, to a point where I could, you know, look between the two and not necessarily, you know, take into the account, like, the background or anything. The well, I mean, areas. is a super mutant going to look that much different aside from the armor? Right. Well, I mean... You're, you know, they, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at uh, at innovations. I'm, you know anything that you that you use from a previous game. If it's an asset that you just touch up a little bit from a previous game and you throw it into this game, I I don't see that as uh, as new content. I I see that as a mod. Uh, and one of the biggest criticisms a lot of the Reddit community. Though. So a lot of the criticisms that I've seen. Yes, sure. Fifteen foot pole. Remember, I haven't touched this game. But a lot of the criticisms I have is from people who had played Fallout 3, played Fallout 4, played New Vegas, played all these things, and they're saying, they're all saying something very similar. It looks like a mod to Fallout 4. It looks very much like somebody modded Fallout 4, used the same engine, had very similar enemies, maybe touched up a couple things, added a couple new enemies, put a, you know, put a whole new map in there, and you're playing Fallout 4 online. It's... I do, I do dis I agree to part of that, but as far as enemy variety and things like that, like what you don't have right is you don't have a lot of the human enemies, or any that I've encountered at this point. Um, I can say like they've done different versions of feral ghouls, but there have been feral ghouls in every game. They've done different versions of super mutants, but super mutants have been in every game. They've done different versions of rabid dogs, but rabid dogs have been in every game, right? Or in mole rats, like those are like Fallout staples to the franchise. Right. Red, red like, roaches. Red roaches are in every game, right? But they know, have like scorpions. They have like you know like irradiated versions or different variants of those in this game yeah. to give it some character, right? But I mean, they have a lot of different enemies. You don't like. I mean, there's still Mirelurks, but there's those weird like prawn things that I've been running into. There's a weird super lobster enemy. There's a, I mean, there's still, there's going to be a rat scorpion in every single Fallout game. But. Right. It, and and I, yeah, and I get that. I'm, I'm just, I, I have to be the foil to your fanboy because I, you know, because you're going to be biased. I, it's, it's going to be but, out there. You are the vault boy, but. But uh, we're on exact opposite end. There is no middle ground on this podcast. Right. So I, I have to look at it from, you know, from where I'm at right now. And I'm looking at it from like a, a technical standpoint. I'm looking at it from a, uh, from, uh, from my own personal view of the visuals. So I, I may, may have, I may have more gripes. So when we talked about it last week, well, we talked a lot about like a lot of the hacks and things like that, right? right? Which I'm the not technical in, standpoint, which I'm not running into cause I'm not playing it on PC. Right. I'm playing it on an Xbox One X, right? I'm not running into a fidelity issue. I'm not running into a lot. I will say I am running into some slowdown occasionally um, where, like, it's weird it'll server down, lag spikes. It'll go down to, like, 20 frames a second or something like that. You'll, yeah. You'll notice I, it. I've run into it occasionally, but it doesn't seem like it's affected by the graphics. I think it's probably purely server side. It's kind of both. Um, so the servers from, you know, from the... Uh, the informations that I've gotten, you know, people watching it, people trying to stream it, um, uh, they've gotten, and most of those people are playing on PC, mind you. Uh, I watched, I think, uh, a little bit of somebody trying to play it on Xbox, and I mean, it seemed all right on you know on their end. They were able to get through some of the quests, but 
the PC guys are, you know, the streamers have really good rigs. I mean, most of the time when you're watching a streamer, you're watching somebody that has a damn decent rig because that's well, what they so, do. Well, yeah, that's what they do. Um, you know, and they're not playing they're, on a 1060 with an i3. They're expecting 120 frames a second on the games that they play because they're running two video cards, a capture card, yada yada yada, right? And when you know, when they're saying, "Man, this is getting down to 30 frames a second or less," this is mind-blowingly bad, uh, and they're getting upset because of it. I can kind of see their point. I mean. They've got fucking, what, two grand or something like that into video cards and a, and a processor that can handle everything that they've thrown at it so far. And then this game comes out and it takes and it, it, it looks worse comparatively to some of the games that they've played, but it's running way worse than the games that they play. Well, so, yeah, there's, there's got to be some weird optimization there. But, I mean, like, I run typically on Xbox, right, on a console typically about 45 or 50 and then I hit certain and it's not all the time it's not like I'm hitting this every five minutes it's been two hours of me gaming and then just all of a sudden like weird lag spike and it's not like I'm in the middle of a firefight it's like I went over a hill and my frame rate dropped for a second and then it picks back up I'm like what the fuck was that yeah it's there uh the server issues that they've run you know that's run into uh just random Well, they drops. made the decision to not release it on Steam, so that was probably part of the download issue for PC people because they're trying to run it all off their own server. Well, yes. Um, like, I don't fucking understand so that. So the, the download servers are not going to be the same servers that you connect to. Uh, it, they're going to have uh, a server farm for each. It's right, just, but I don't think they've invested in enough server farm. Well, they didn't. They, that that's the first day situation. I mean, the first day, first week situation. If you're trying to get any game, you know, I mean, right we played away, World of Warcraft back in the day, and remember, Burning Crusade came out, and it was a two hour wait. Oh yeah, yeah. There was there was a line. You you had a queue. You were in for the download. I mean, and and even but we're after not, you we're got not back into in 2006 the, anymore. Either. Right. Even after you got into the queue, the download was slow. It but was, what, what I am saying is I'm not running into weird Tipo Scorch like floating around as I'm playing it now. Okay. Well, I'm not weird running into a weird clipping issue where like my arm is like cocked back while I'm trying to fire or anything weird like that. And they may have actually fixed some of that. I I saw personally saw uh, you know a streamer find a T-posed fucking ghoul or something like that, and then it fucking uh, and then it started spawning additional ghouls out of the T-pose. Uh, which well, was... I ran into that in the beta, but I haven't run into that, not the spawning out of, but I ran into some weird T-post ghouls in a rail yard. Right. Um, but I haven't run into, I've shot my fair share of things. I've at a point where tracking it, I've killed like 200 Scorch to this point. So, Okay. Well, uh, it's, it's 2018. We've got beautiful games coming out. Uh, we've got beautiful expansions to games coming out. We've got fucking... You know, we've got uh, first-person shooters that look fucking photorealistic, uh, and then we have Fallout 76. Well, we have first-person shooters that look fully fully realistic in a very streamlined game, right? Like a six-hour experience and then a whole bunch of multiplayer maps. Well, I mean, yes, but you... Uh, you I have... Okay, so looking... So what you, don't, what you don't run into this game is that, for the most part, a lot of buildings that you're going through don't load in. It's only when you're, like, you load into, I call it a dungeon in Fallout, right? Like, they do 
Like there's some, um, there's a vault that I'm looking to go into that's a different vault, or you go into a big building and it loads into the building. Uh-huh. But for the most part, you're not loading into a dungeon. Most of the time, you're outside. Right. Well, so I mean... it's 16 square miles of map. It's literally like four times the size of the last map. And I don't, I haven't heard, I haven't heard whether or not the, um, whether or not the frame rate, you know, thing being tied to the fucking engine has been exploited. Most of the people that, you know, that were streaming it, you know, they're like, I- I'm not going to, I'm technically, you know, not going to do anything that's going to exploit the game. So people were saying, oh, unlock the frame rate, da, 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 do this. And the streamers were like, no, I won't do that. You know, not only that, but I mean, well, why? and I think we talked about it. It's locked to 63 FPS on PC. Right. Well, I mean, so they did make a lock to that. You can't change it because that, I mean, last time you could change the INI file to unlock No, it was it. a specific story. And if we want to revisit it, we can. But they, right. the, the solution for right now, because that became a pretty widespread thing on Reddit. Right. Was locking that and locking out the INI file or locking out anything being able to be changed in the INI file that will affect the game. Okay. Well, I mean, that was a very simple fix, right? It's meaning that was, I don't know, they slapped a Band-Aid on it. They didn't necessarily fix it. It's still tied to the, well, there's it's tied to the engine still. There's still things that need fixing, but I can say... Contrary to your point, when I'm playing it, mm-hmm. it's a smoother launch than 4 was. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Like it was a smoother launch than Skyrim was. I don't know. I mean, it seemed rocky to me. I mean, people were not able to get into the fucking game for the longest fucking time. Right, but I'm not running into the weird bugs that we had with 4 or even New Vegas. You see, I, I, when I played 4, sure, I, there was some there was some game breakers for 4, but they were able to get those fixed fairly quickly. Well, uh, we're well, not we're, even a week into the release. Right, and we're a week into 76, so we'll see what... At this point, we're literally three days into the release. Right, so we'll see what happens after you know after the fact. Sure, I mean, I personally believe that it could have spent another month or so in the cooker instead of being pushed out in the state that it's in right now. Um, sure, it's playable, but right now you're playing something that's maybe... You know, you've got a week worth of extra work that was put into it after the early access beta. And, you know, so you're playing just a, a modified version of the beta build and they're selling it. And that's what I don't, you know, I, I don't agree with. It should be a polished game when you sell it. Yeah, it's you know, it shouldn't a lot have... of Bethesda, isn't it? Huh? It's asking a lot of Bethesda, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, sure, it's Bethesda, it's a, but that, but that seems a lot, like a fucking a, cop out. I mean, honestly, think I know about it. I know it's a cop out. I just, I'm making a joke at my expense. But, but I'm saying, <laughs> what I, what I, what I am saying is that of other releases, like I've also heard on the other side of the the gallery, right, that this isn't nearly as rocky as a lot of their other releases. That were bigger games. That's because they haven't gotten to the point where it has been tested. Honestly, the first part of this fucking game has probably been tested the most because that's where everybody fucking got in and actually played the fucking game. They were able to get data for the beginning. Uh, It's the end part of the fucking game. When when you get towards the the top end of shit, I'm just waiting for somebody to find a fucking exploit to nukes that makes it so that the fucking maps are completely unplayable. You know, well, and I'll let you. I'll let you guys know as I get through it. Um, 
what that's like, but I haven't experienced the nuke yet. Like I've seen some people that are a higher level than me, and I played a fair amount in the beta, and I haven't had the kind of time that some people have uh, to play that game, right? Because I've been mixing it up a little bit. I mean, I mean, I'm just you know, completely full disclosures. I mean, like I said, I'm staying at a 15 foot pole range from this game. It's and okay because it's I know probably, you'll be locked on Warframe for a while. And, and it's probably going to stay that way. I mean, to be completely honest, if there was any other survival game that I was going to play, it would be fucking uh, Ark Extinction. Or, uh, yeah, is it uh, uh, the newest fucking exp- uh, map to Yeah, it, it's Extinction. It's Extinction. That's what I, it's, names are fucking floating through my brain right now. Um, but like yeah. if if it gets to a, sh- a shitty level of microtransaction, of course, like you'll be hearing me yell. Uh, if it has anything more than cosmetic microtransactions, you need to tell me, so, because that's that is the biggest fear right now is that they're kind of eking that little fucking microtransaction bug into people's so, brains. So uh, I'll add this after listening to the both of you. Rusty completely trashing on it. And Justin giving it a slightly biased okay review. I will say this. It doesn't sound different enough for me to go out and buy it to play it. This guy. I mean, that... the uh, From the people that I've talked to on uh, on Twitch. Just fucking random viewers. and And I asked some of them straight up. Would you buy this game? Did you buy this game or would you buy this game? And the guys, you know, most of the people in chat would say, no, I would not buy this game. I mean, that's kind of telling. Let's say it Warframe players, though. No, these are people actually in uh, 76 chats. These are people watching Fallout 76 in chat, and they're saying, I'm watching this to see whether or not it would be, you know, it'd be feasible for me to buy this game. If this is something that I would want to put my money down. So I'll flip the coin again, because there has to be something said. I think a lot of what you're looking at too, and where the backlash has been, is the what the game is. Let's talk, let's pull out anything that has to do with the microtrans, microtransaction oh, performance I, or anything I mean, like that. I, I'm let's bi- pull let's pull out that, and where the central gripe is is what the game's presenting, and the game's presenting a game without NPCs and without the same type of story that's been presented in Fallout. And I think a lot of people that are going into this with that expectation won't like that type of game if you take fallout 4 right i'm gonna i'm just gonna harp i'm just go for it let me let me agree with you i'm i'm going i'm actually on on your side here what i that's where that is and it's much like i don't think they did anything wrong with the expectations they set because when you had no man's sky that came out a couple years ago they had a completely set of expect a completely different set of expectations and what we're seeing is a lot of people that have looked at 76 and wanted Fallout 5. That's and that's where that builds on. So you set this mountain up, right? And we've got this stew going. We've got the beans and the stew, and we know the stew now has to turn into chili. Yep. And so now they're going to add the meat and the they're going to add the meat and the onions and the tomatoes and all those other things and the spices because now the beans are there and it says it has to be chili. So we're going to build on that every other gripe for every other expectation and, and shit on everything because it doesn't have exactly what I wanted. Right. So that's, but I don't think they presented it as anything different. Now I want chili. So 
Uh, I had some really good chili. My girlfriend brought me chili over yesterday. It was pretty delicious. But, but, I, no, I, but I, just I while I was trying to fix her computer. Right. But like the like that's where I think that comes from. Right. 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 And so when I went into the game, I was like, I wonder what playing Fallout with Casey's like, aside from this crapaganza. Uh, <laughs> so the, but so like that part has been fun because for me the type of like we've gotten some quests that have to deal with some like story and kind of explaining what's going on in the world and things like that and we we didn't have enough time to finish them but we're in the middle of a quest to become vigilantes so like that's right. something that we're doing right now so right but for for me uh just <laughs> going into it knowing that it doesn't have um Anywhere near the amount of story. I mean, if it had half the story of what any of the previous Fallout games had, I might consider it. It's but it, it's not there with, the... without without those story elements. You're you're basically just you're you're playing a loot crafting game similar to Seven Days to Die set in the Fallout universe. You're you're and in I'd the rather camp... play. I would rather play Seven Days to Die. You're in the camp of you were looking for fa- uh, Fallout Five. No, I wasn't looking for Fallout Five. Well, I I know where that expectation is, but a, that's a little bit more. So so to, so the but I guess so the my... devil advocate my own fucking point here because you're you're saying yeah it's there's not a whole lot of story there there's I mean there is story. Mind you, there's more story in Fallout 76 than Ark ever had. So yeah, that's what I'm when, saying. Like that versus Seven Days, there's a lot of plot points that are kind of taking you different right, spots. Right, and and it does actually say you should probably go here. You should, you know, and it, it just gives you that false uh, that false expectation right. that you're going to be speaking to but, somebody when you get there. It's just that that's that's the sucky part about how their story quest was done, is because you're you're playing. As a character thinking you're going to go talk to the mayor, but the mayor is actually a fucking computer terminal um, right. or or something very similar. Well, it's like I was talking or, to an android and I was figuring out like there is this cold case that had never been solved. So I'm like going through and finding out what happened. And then I found like a picture and all this other stuff. And then I was looking right. through um, what had happened in that area. And there's like a video that plays that explains kind of what happened and all this other weird but, stuff. But like for me, that's like an incomplete tease. And you would either have you right. would want you want one or the other, but not somewhere in between. Right. I'd rather, it, and I understand. I understand why it doesn't. Fundamentally, you won't be able to put much more story into it because it is. Well, at I just, its heart, ultimately, it is a multiplayer game. Sorta. Of. And that's, I get that. That's the weird sort of because I've and I get a, that. And, and most of my gameplay has been solo. That's the yeah. that's where the hybrid issue is is the fact that it's such a it's such a weird hybrid of a survival online game that yep. it wants to be a Fallout game but can't really get the uh, get itself to be Fallout Five, but it also kind of throws in that you're you know that you should probably do. You know, you should probably you know try to survive and build things and collect things and stuff well, like that. Well, I've heard Arc the Brotherhood of Steel in the game, die. so I don't know how that plays out, right? Yeah, or the Enclave is in the game. It's probably just a fucking holotape. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, I've played the fuck out of Ark. Right? Has zero story. 
I mean, they right. added some uh, some things that you can you know kind of discover in the world, and some dossiers, some you know, some pamphlets or some papers or journals that you can find that kind of tell a story. And there is some something back there, but there's there's less story in fucking Ark than any other fucking survival game there is. Yeah, I mean, Seven Days to Die really doesn't have any story outside of the fact that you are surviving versus you know zombies, and you should probably you know you know, prepare for the seventh day. Right. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I like the fuck out of arc mainly because I like dinosaurs and I, it's a, it's a complete sandbox. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Um, when I, when I look at fallout 76, I see it's kind of that playground in the fallout universe, but I can't necessarily do everything that I want because I'm, I'm held back by certain things. Like there's a little bit of a story with a little bit of a quest and you have to go find right. certain things. I, I'd almost, I'd almost prefer like if in this game and I understand you have to include certain story esque fallout elements just because it is, said in the fallout universe but i'd almost prefer like no i'd almost prefer a storyless fallout game at that point see that's and honestly that's actually a really good point like think about it this way if i was a big fallout fan like if i was fucking vault boy number two here right yeah and i wanted to live out my own fallout fantasy universe situation right and I know that I'm stepping out of a vault and there's really? nothing, not really? a fucking soul. What, what this game should have is it should have an intro cinematic that could be played from the menus and, to and, explain the setting and let and you go. That's it. That is all the story you get. You don't need... You and don't make your need, own story. You don't need quests with story or anything like that. It is just... Make your own story. Go for it. What go it to is. Town. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but I think the direction it gives you gives you something other than just sandbox. Well, I mean, the part of the uh, uh, part of the things that I liked about uh, about Ark was, I mean, you end up on a fucking beach, and I mean, the first few hours of that game really sucks because you're, you know, you know, a raptor could kill you pretty quickly, right? You start to gain in power, and you can fucking overpower those things, and eventually you're fucking taming T Rexes and shit, right? Yep. There's a there's a power progression in your own way, but you, but one of the things that I really like fucking doing is like, hey, that mountain looks fucking fantastic. I want to build a fucking base on the top of that fucking mountain, and I'm going to defend that motherfucker. Yeah, and I do, and I go and I fucking do that. I mean, these are the things that make me remember Ark. Is like I want to go defend that position. That's my position. Yep. I love this fucking place, and this is a great view, right? Yep. Um, and the uh, Fallout seventy six seems like uh, if you don't like your fucking spot, you just pack up and fucking move, and you can plop that shit down just like you can a fucking tent. I mean, it's not your position. I, it's not your part of and, the map. It's and weird. by any means, am am I trying to say that it? that's necessarily a bad game or or anything like that it's just not for me because i'd prefer if you're not going to have heavy story elements in it then just take them all out yeah it's and and that's that's the different flavor of survival that you know that some people don't like and i think that's maybe you know the the camp that i'm in outside of the 
outside of the fact that I have some major issues with their technical problems. I mean, you have to agree that the fucking engine is fucking dated. Like, honestly. Well, yeah, but you we know, said that with Fallout 4, too. But, and, and it's kind of telling that they extent. created a new fucking game using the same goddamn engine, right? Um, well, no, they just add it to me. It's Fallout 4 with up res textures and HDR. See, now here he is fucking saying it's a mod. I'm not saying it's a mod. Uh, but you, you kind of did just then. Uh, it's, well, no, well, that's what I'm speaking. saying to the engine specifically. <laughs> right. Like, I know they're using Gamerio, and I know they've been using it. Like, they may. What are they going to do with the next two games, right, that they've got on the rise? They, well, yeah. they need to come up with a new fucking engine. Honestly, that's a, the engine's holding them back. If they was to come up with a better fucking engine, you know, then, yes, they could probably do a fucking great game out of it. Fucking, uh, think of it. Uh, f- fucking Frostbite. I, I mean, mean, sure, Frostbite's what, not good for no, third-person, you know, third-person games. Frostbite's right? also bad with memory issues and over, like, at a certain it, point, it also Frostbite has down. too much memory leakage for a game like that. I think. But think about it doesn't like Fallout the, Five. But I mean, I, honestly, the reason they're using Gamebryo to begin with is the amount of objects placed in the world and not painted on. Okay. Well, I mean, sure. I don't know. They need to evolve their engine. Otherwise, they're going to fall back. And right now, I think this is the breaking point. 76 right now is the breaking point. They're kind of figuring this out now. Right. I guess where my point is, too, is not jumping on a bandwagon either because it's another one of those games that's getting review bombed, and I, I hate that practice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not review bombing. In fact, I haven't actually, re- uh, you know, watched or, you know, or read any. I, I watched a review, one review. Only because somebody said somebody, you know, that the guy said some funny shit. Uh, so I, I watched it just to hear somebody else hate on it. Uh, but I watched a lot of gameplay, you know, and if I'm not playing a game, I'm watching it on Twitch. Right. You know, and that's the that's the thing. If I'm if, you can't watch YouTube because if you watch YouTube videos of a game being played, they're going to pick out all the fucking bad points. I mean, you're, you're going to watch somebody fucking, you know, do their own think, style of review. I think the best, the best review video that I've watched while I was looking for something specific because I was trying to find a guide for something, right? Because I do that occasionally. Like, where, what am I doing wrong or what am I messing up, right? And I was looking to, like I had, uh, it was something to do with the target range. Anyways, it led, you know, what YouTube does. It does that algorithm and it just picks another video. And it picked another video and it's like, watch this before playing Fallout 76. It's right. like, okay. I'll just, sure, why not? Right. Let it play. And it was simply a guy playing for 25 minutes and him just trying to survive in an area where it was very clear he should not be. It was a guy that was level two in some kind of weird cave system, and he was just saying, well, he's like, I got a board. I'm going to take this board. I'm just." It was just a guy literally just playing and commenting as he was playing. And it wasn't uh-huh. really a review, but it right. was just a guy playing he's being a little bit of a jackass but having fun while he's being a jackass mm-hmm. he was taking some tour of this underground cave system and remarking on how much they hated capitalism but like because that's <laughs> kind of typical fallout but that was essentially all it was um before right. I, i'll jump into one other thing and then i'll rest so you can mean, take the, the stand for some warframe <laughs> for me so i just think bethesda needs something other than creation engine uh, they I, need, I agree. With they that. need something more powerful. They, yeah, and 
if they actually spent if they spent a year or two actually developing a new engine and not putting I mean, out another fucking game. Maybe that's what Skyrim Six is going to be on, uh, or Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> You said Skyrim Six, yeah. <laughs> but that's funny. I mean, it's probably going to be Skyrim. You just I think about at this point that engine is seven years old, and it was based on an engine that's seven years older than that. Maybe, so. maybe, uh, maybe Fallout seventy six is the last hurrah for the engine. Maybe this is this is Hopefully. their send off. Well, so moving to something completely different, I've been playing Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a little yeah. bit. And I noticed, I'm going to say one funny criticism. So with Red Dead, right, like your horse wanders off when you get into a fight or you can tell it to flee so that it doesn't get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the same high-level horse for an extremely long time. But I, uh, the horse mechanics are pretty good, right? You whistle, you see your horse start coming towards you, you jump on your horse. Um, he doesn't turn too fast. He doesn't turn too slow. He gets to gallop at a normal speed. Um, it occasionally wrecks and it's pretty horrific. It's like the worst car crash ever because it's so impactful. It's like bone crunching, but the horse mechanics are pretty fucking solid. It's, horse mechanics was a title of an episode, like episode 30 for Tiltcast when Red Dead <laughs> one came out. Um, horse mechanics, no, horse mechanics, horse two. mechanics, horse mechanics two. the reckoning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the horse mechanics, the reckoning. Oh my God. The reckoning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Before I forget, wreck, as in like car reckoning. <laughs> yeah, um, the horse mechanics of <laughs> of Assassin's Creed Odyssey are decidedly different. Um, so, <laughs> I your horse doesn't follow you around. He like he spawns in and outside of your field of view. So you whistle for your horse. And then all of a sudden, he's like right up on your ass. He is like he's, he's like the, the ghost equi- horse. He's the equivalent to fucking Jason Voorhees. Then yeah, it's like you you hit a button to follow. Like you can't get him to go any faster than just move forward, right? And when you hold down X or I guess A on Xbox, I'm playing on PS4. Um, he just follows whatever roads there. And then you hit the top button to go to your destination. So he goes on total autopilot and runs over people. Like, people are diving out of the way left and right. He's just trampling the fuck out of anybody Zero gets in his way. Zero fucks given, guys. Zero fucks given with this horse. Like, he is an angry fucking horse. And he's just killing people, like, left and right. Like, this horse is ridiculous. And, like, when you turn, it's like he turns on a fucking dime. So, like, if he was a real horse, you'd be thrown off at how fast he turns. Um, he <laughs> well, tends to run into that. shit fairly often the pathing is weird um the the horse mechanics of assassin's creed odyssey are decidedly <laughs> fucked up um they are not good it's it, there's the only real reason for the horse obviously is to just get from point a to point b yeah that's really all it is there's no rearing up like you get special moves like you can drift with your horse and and uh <laughs> Red Dead. So when you've bonded to him to a certain level, you can hit a couple of buttons and drift around corners, and it like it kicks up dirt and everything else, and there's like a dust cloud, and then you start galloping fast. Uh, drifting dirt. Oh my god! He can the he, horse, man. he can strafe, so you can like hold a button while you're running, and then move side to side, and your horse will strafe side to side. Like he is like, he is a beast. Wow. Okay. He is he is fucking a machine, but. Fucking a machine? No, he is a no. fucking machine. Wow, it's it's pretty crazy. So, 
Horse mechanics in Odyssey are weird. I didn't get real far. I got past. I got off basically Starter Island and into the game. Um, it's very Spartacus. Like there is a kick move that's very like three hundred. Freaking this is Sparta. Yeah, it's very this is Sparta move. Well, of course they probably put that in there just because of that. Yeah, I mean it starts off with basically the story of Thermopylae. Oh wow! All so right. it it kind of goes into that, and then it explains where your character fits into that universe. Um, there's a lot of like pull arms and a lot of pull arm weapons. There's a lot of like duck and blo- duck and blood, uh, duck and block mechanics that were not in the other games that's as much. Because that's what the combat was in that era. I mean, well, the, the phalanx was a thing. You've got you don't, I don't have phylums an ass- or spears. Yeah, and I don't have. So what I have instead of an assassin's dagger is like a broken spear. Right. So I have a spearhead that I use to assassinate with. Yeah. And it does stuff like the last game did where some high-level targets you can't kill outright. I don't have any problems with that because I assassinate all the low-level targets around him and then creep up on that guy and then use that as my opener, which takes half health. And there are gear combinations that let you assign yourself to have higher assassin damage. And there are skill combinations. You held down your top left buttons, so like the bumper and the trigger, to get different hotkey attacks, and you have like a certain level of special you can use, and you gain it back by doing certain moves, essentially. But those special, like, there's a really cool move where you can disarm somebody's shield, and he takes the shield and like smacks the guy in the shield, and grabs the shield and like hits him in the face with it, and like takes the shield away. So like, there's a really cool move where he like disables the shield, and gets rid of the shield, so you can attack the guy. Um, people hit like trucks sometimes there's a lot of like dodge around um mechanics it's not as hard as like a dark souls game Um, but i got fairly decent at the combat in the time that i played it it has a level up system it's very rpg like there are loot rolls on your weapons in different ways that you can improve them at blacksmiths etc i haven't i don't have i'm not gonna have enough time in this game for a while because i'll be balancing warframe Warframe. 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 Um, Fallout together while I'm kind of going through stuff. But so far, the review I have for it so far is it plays pretty good, and it's pretty cool, and I know there's some fantastical Greek mythical enemies at some point that I'd like to get to. Um, has naval combat. Everything's very Greek-themed and very cool. Right. Um, looks pretty good. You know, it's... But in the exact opposite nature of Fallout, there is like four billion quests everywhere, and you have to really filter your map down to what you're looking for, because there's so much going on. Right. Um, that game, just clearing an area takes a significant amount of time. Well, that's pretty much any. I was playing it while Fallout was downloading as well. Like right. it was. I've got like five hours in the game. I got off, like I said, Starter Island and but started the main quest. Assassin's basically. Creed always been that way. I mean, oh, this is much. If you've played the last one, like, not quite double it, but getting pretty close to that in the amount of things to do and reasons to go assassinate people. And assassination and stealth still plays a very large role, but it is fun to kind of jump into the chaos, too, with this game where, like, if you played, you know, the Ezio story, like, open combat Mm -hmm. was kind of shitty. Right, you, you kind of wanted to like you had the weird from open. You had the weird parry move that was like really awkward. In this, you just hold the two bumpers when you see a. F- so it 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 tells it broadcasts what it is. Is it a blockable or parry attack? Then it flashes white. If it is an unblockable attack, they are flashing orange essentially. Thank you, Batman. Right. So <laughs> if it's an unblockable move, you need to dodge. 
if it's a blockable move, you should parry because you're going to disable him for a second to get in a heavy attack or a heart, you know, a counter move. I can't remember if that was like the first thing. That was was that the first uh first uh you know situation where you had like a, a telegraphed this can be blockable or this is uh. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Arkham Asylum, no, I think, Arkham was probably Asylum. the first. Uh, okay, I, I can't remember of any other, uh, anything else that was Wait, quite like, like that. Like it, where you had a mob of enemies. No, we had a mob of enemies, but Assassin's you had Assassin's Creed Two. It was fairly telegraphed. It was telegraphed in what they were doing, but there was no flashing. It was not arcadey. Right. It was actually it was. The, you, remember, there was the the indicator above the head. I think that was for stealth. I can't remember. Right, but red when, dot. It, um, when they actually went to attack you, it went flash per se, but it would fade in and out. I can't remember. Yeah. It's been so fucking long. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. to move on to talk about other things, oh because Rusty's been just sitting on this. Hey, hey um, I've been pretty good. Yeah. I know. I've been pretty good. Warframe. Hey, I played three hours of Warframe. Hey, I didn't get to Fortuna. I got. I went back to. Tra- what are your wings called? Uh, the Arcwing. Right. So that's something that wasn't a thing before. Right, right. Right. So I started the quest with a higher level frame. I have a Necros that I was using. Oh yeah, fucking Necros. So my Necros is max level. I ran into something when we talk about microtransactions that I don't want to get around. That you can maybe tell me. Okay. I'm out of vault space, so I don't have an objective to get another frame because I don't know how to get another vault. Oh, you mean uh, you I just, don't have another space for uh, a frame? Oh, yeah. Okay, so and I've already spent a hundred bucks in the game, so I don't really want to spend any more. Well, the the easiest way, and this is this is straight up easiest way. If you're playing Warframe and you're looking for uh, for weapon slots or for uh, for Warframe slots, the easiest way to do this is to uh, you've probably played some missions and picked up relics, right? Um, I guess so. There's a lot of different weird loot that I don't understand again. So you're going to end up getting relics, uh, which are basically, they kind of look like brown cabbages is what they look like. Okay. Uh, And those relics will have uh, basically like a random chance for primed parts. And those primed parts can make primed weapon, you know, prime sets that you can build for, you know, upgraded weapons and things like that. Uh, But what you can do early on is... You can just do the you know the base missions to get some of these parts, and then you can sell those parts to you know to people on trade chat. So if you need to get your uh, a weapon slot or a warframe slot, you need like what twelve plat or something like that to you know to open up uh, new slots. You just go open up. Uh, you know, so for, I have to I have to engage in virtual eBay to get this done. Not really. It's it's actually fairly quick. So. You you go do a couple missions, open up some of these uh, some of these uh, relics, get whatever parts, and then uh, and then you go into uh, trade chat and say I'm selling five prime parts for you know ten plat, or something like that, and uh, you'll you'll get somebody that will invite you to the you know to the dojo and you sell them the five parts that you picked up. So at, riddle me this or not riddle me this, just tell me what I need to do. So I've got. I've got like two times the parts for a mag prime. Okay. That I've just got sitting around. Part of it needs to bake, but should I be selling that or should I be keeping that? Is that something that's vaulted right now? No, or? mag has actually just been opened. Um, 
So uh, Mag and Nova Prime were just I have, opened up. I have a Mag, and then I have most of the parts for an Ember Prime. Okay. Ember is vaulted. So Ember uh, Ember parts probably sell for uh, a decent amount. There's a there's a website that you can use. It is a third-party website. But I know. It, it helps – uh, it helps actually get you in touch with people who are wanting to buy the parts that you have. It's called Warframe.Market. Uh, and if you go to that website, How you can- How much time do I need to spend in that? You don't have to spend any time in that. In fact, you go to the uh, the website, say you look at your inventory, you've got, say, like a, 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 a Ember Prime blueprint or whatever. You go to that uh, Warframe.Market. In the search feature, you type in, you know, Ember, you know, Ember Prime Blueprint. Hit search and look for the people who are buying. It'll tell, uh, it'll tell you whether or not those people are, bought, you know, online and what they're, uh, what they're willing to pay for it. And from there, you click a button right next to it. It's and then it'll copy a uh, uh, a small phrase saying, "I'm willing to sell that, you know, the Ember Prime Blueprint for." what they're asking for in plat and then I'll have in brackets like warframe.market so that they know where they got that information where you got their information from and you go back into game and you paste it into a whisper send that off and then you know if they're willing to pay you know buy it from you then they say yeah sure invite or you know you ask them to invite you if you don't have a uh, if you don't have access to a dojo uh so there's Ways to make plat in that game, you never have to buy plat. Don't be me, because I spent way too much money on this fucking game. But you don't have to buy plat, and Warframe slots and weapon slots are actually fairly easy to come by because they're there's fairly no, simple. There's no way to do it in game, though, right? Uh, uh, aside I mean, from aside from trading, you do the trade chat. I mean, yeah. So, Platt what if is, I'm a person that doesn't want to interact with other humans besides maybe you and two other people? You are selling me the parts then. I don't fucking care. I've got the plot to you know, to buy them from you. If you need them, fuck, I could always use extra parts. You know, there, there's a it reason. There's I know a we're talking about it. like overall criticisms. It's actually like a, a brain hurt for me with that. I, I'm playing, I'm playing stupid on purpose because it was something I was engaged in earlier talking to somebody at work who plays a lot of Warframe, right? Uh-huh. And it explained the website and all the trading. I was like, that was where I was like, I was like, so where I lost a little bit of motivation and went back to Assassin's Creed was because I was like, oh, well, I'm, I think the reason I stopped before is I realized I had to spend money or what I had thought at the time to unlock this because I couldn't find a way in game to just unlock this with a series of quests or rep or right. anything else after I spent a certain level of money. So. So that's where the that's actually one of the benefits to Warframe. I mean, honestly, the premium currency. Sure, some of the things are locked behind that. You know, you don't have to have a bunch of weapon, you know, weapon and uh, Warframe slots. You could just sell whatever you've just leveled up or whatever, and you could play the game with just the two uh, two slots that you uh, started with. I think all the platinum that I've spent, for the most part, I have like ten slots. Right. So, if you need maybe to not have, even that much, maybe like eight, but whatever. if you needed to uh, to have more than that, that's when uh, that's when you start using the economy of the game. And sure, I really kind of wish that you know that Warframe had kind of like a uh, an auction house in game or something to that effect that would allow you to just stay in the game to be able to to sell things for the plat. But the fact is. 
there isn't a lot of free-to-play games out there that is that is willing to open up the market so that players can trade this premium currency that they may have purchased with real money between people. Normally, if you're playing a, a free-to-play game and you're buying the premium currency for that game, it's a, it's a transaction between you and the game developer. So maybe answer another question for somebody who's slightly frustrated with it still. Okay. So... Rather, when I look in, I say I need, I'm just going to use the only thing I remember off the top of my head, or like Rubido. I know it's a common thing, but right. let's just say something like that, and I don't want to go through and look at every planet to see what it has. Is there a search feature aside from a wiki that tells me where to go? Or The easiest way to find out what uh, what drops where is to go to the uh, the planet map, uh, and you can go to each planet, and at the very bottom right-hand corner is a little picture of an extractor. Right. No, I know. I'm familiar with that aspect. There's okay. not an easier way to do it than that. No, because if it's in the extractor, the, the stuff that's at the top of the extractor is the most common. The stuff at the bottom of the, the extractor list is the rarest. So you find the planet that has Does the has material Rubido. change planets or is it always the same? No, it stays the same. So if you need uh, Rubido, it's probably going to be Earth or... Uh, going off of memory here, but I think Mars. Fuck, I don't well, remember. I'm, I'm just using it as an example right. where I had a frustration with the game with trying to find an easy way to. Uh, what I what I struggled with, and then this is how I played the game, right? And you just tell me where I'm, what I'm doing wrong. Because uh-huh. the gameplay itself, when I get in a map, is pretty fun. Right. I there was a reason I played Warframe, but where I got into it after being gone for almost five years and trying to figure out what to do. It's like, is there a, I can't figure out how to start the starter mission over again so I can figure out what was going on. You don't really need to. All right, but what if I want to, right? So I don't have a good idea of what I was doing. So I went and looked in my forge to see what I had in there, right? And then I looked at the forge and it's been about 20 minutes saying, do I need this or not? I really don't know. All right, so now I'm going to go back to my frame. Which frame am I going to choose? Well, all my frames except for these two are low, are high level. So everybody I got is leveled up except for an ash, which I remember not liking playing, but now I still have an ash. Right. Um, and then I had uh, whatever the psychic one is. Um, uh, um, uh, Nyx. Nyx. I had a Nyx that I had found parts for and baked and made. Nyx is not – do you have a rhino? Uh, yeah, somewhere. Okay. But he's max level, so I didn't want to play a max level character. I wanted to play level up something and have a sense of progression, so like have something to work towards. So I start with this low level character, then I look at my cards, right, and I don't know, is this good or not, right? So I don't know if it's good or not. I don't remember. Okay. I was like, I don't want to look at a wiki, so I watched this 25 minutes of getting started with Warframe, right? So this is my mindset, and I'll walk you through right. where I was going with this. So I watched what, getting certain warfare. I was like, I think I know most of this stuff. Okay, now I can do an auto-equip or auto-sort. Okay, I still don't know if my cards are good or what I'm getting out of this is good, but this seems like a balanced way to play, so I'm gonna, I'll do the auto-assign cards thing out of my deck. I don't know if any of these cards are good. I don't know if my Warframe is assembled correctly or any of that. Okay, now I'm going to go to my color scheme. So I went through my color scheme, and I figured out what I was going to do with it, and, of course, I spent way too much time on that. Of course you do, because that's, then, that's the end game. You right, just... and so... After I did that, I went back and I was like, okay, so what do I do? And I was like, oh, I have this mission to get wings. I was like, probably everybody has wings, so I'm going to try getting wings. I was like, oh, shit, Nyx is two levels, so I'm going to have to play this high-level character I have. I was like, I remember playing – I remember enough about Necros remembering he was, like, super easy to solo with. So uh, yeah. I picked Necros, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, I've got Desecrate. Desecrate gives me health orbs, and then I've got 
you know, the raise undead thing, which is pretty good for any mission. So I played like extractor missions or, you know, where you extract things to get whatever it was that told me that's where I needed to go to get some of the materials for my wing. Right. So that's what I did. I did that. I got my wing. It started baking. It's like, oh, it's going to take 30 minutes. I'll go to the next part and the next part and the next part and the next part. And then at the end, I was like, okay, well, I got 30 minutes. I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. So, like, I just, it's like, do I go to the next planet? Which one, what planet did I end on? Where am I, what am I doing next? And so, like, I don't know what my goal is because I don't know, like, there's a loot grind, right? But I don't know where any of the loot is. Okay. I don't know what you're, you're, I'm working towards. You're thinking too hard. Uh, so, so that's that's kind of one of the, the well, problems well, for newer players when they first come, you know, come into the game is that they're searching for the thing, that, you know, thing to do. The thing the, to the do. The only thing I could think of is like, do I just get through all the planets and level up my frame, or well, what? Well, that's that's kind of the thing. So, to give you an example of uh, of my experience going back into Warframe, what a couple months ago, right? Um, I came back to Warframe. I had zero prime anything, right? You know, I, I those things weren't even you know attainable for me at the time that I stopped. Playing. I was doing those weird like. What was like des- desecrated Hulk or yeah? There's a derelict. Derelict. Um, that's what I was doing. Derelict runs with John last time I played. Right. So, so I have a lot of prime parts. So when I was playing, I didn't do any of that, and uh, and I stopped, and I had, I had an Ember, and I had a Rhino, and I said, you know what, Rhino seems pretty good. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm going to play Rhino, and I'm going to do this. I'm gonna pick a path. The path is I'm going to do as many of these missions as I possibly can because you can't get anything unless you do missions. And I felt like just getting into the the idea of doing missions would help me get to, uh, you know, to playing around with, uh, you know, with the game and trying to figure out where the mods are or, or you know, just getting shit. I mean, honestly, going through and looting shit was... Uh, was a a, ma- a major key for me because when you start out, you have nothing, right? So you have to go play some missions, get loot, get mods, and uh, and not really think about the one thing. Like if you are focused on the one thing, you're gonna drive yourself insane. Like for instance, there's some uh, there was a guy uh, that I was talking to in my clan earlier today. He was fucking furious that he couldn't get Morphix. I mean, that's a rare resource. It's not super rare, but it's it's a rare resource, right? And he couldn't get enough Morphix to build the one thing. And he was getting pissed. And he eventually just fucking logged off of the game because he couldn't get what he wanted right now. And And I said to him, I'm like, dude, you just need to chill. Play the game. Do some missions, even if you have to do the same mission a couple more times, do the missions, it will eventually come. You know, if you're focused on the one thing, it's going to drive you insane. Uh, so I just started, I said, okay, I'm not leveling up any Warframes. I'm getting progression. I need to unlock certain places. Some of these places that you go to have different mods available for them in the drop table. Uh, you know, there's different enemies that you can fight. Uh, you could probably pick up a couple new weapons along the way. Uh, you know, these are the things that you're you know, that you're going to progress through. 
And eventually you're going to get to a point in the star chart as you go through them that it unlocks additional quests that give you, you know, additional Warframes to go farm for. Or uh, in one case, like in the second dream situation, it opens the game up to a completely different new fucking game. It's just another level of fucking Warframe. Uh, it does make a, a big difference. So my sincere fucking uh, suggestion to you is to pick a Warframe that you like, that you like playing, that you are comfortable with playing, and then spend, you know, spend a few time, you know, spend some time just going through and doing the missions in the star chart. Each one of the uh, the planets is going to have a relay, or um, not a relay, but a uh, a rail, a solar rail, that is going to connect to a different planet. It's just like the junction point, right? Right, and I have most of, I don't, I think I got two planets left. So I, I would go through each one of those junction points, every single one of those planets, because you played for five, almost five years ago, right? So you've got... You know, you've got nodes on, you know, on a bunch of different planets that are just kind of open, whereas new players wouldn't have that because you had, they'd mixed up the star chart since you last played. So, uh, so what I would do is start with Earth, look for the junction, do what the junction needs, and just follow the junctions to the different planets. As long as you unlock the junctions those are going to be your major progression points. Those are, those are. So what, my level 30 should be playing like the level eight story or whatever. No, no. So level 30 means nothing like in this game. If I know it's got like a mastery level or whatever, but the frame's fully leveled up. Right. So you don't have to worry about the, the mass, you know, the level of your frame. All the, the level of your frame means is that it's gotten enough experience or enough affinity to, to be at its maximum power. That's it. Level 30 frames don't mean dog shit because level, level 30 frames without the right mods could die on level fucking one maps. It's just the way that, it, uh, the, way that the game works. Like, and I was trying to, like, level up the different guns I had, right? Like, I had some guns I hadn't used in a while. Right. And so, like, that was like, okay, maybe I'm doing this for progression. I need to level it up each weapon a little bit. So I started doing that. Like I had a sidearm I kind of liked that I thought was cool, some kind of weird poison pistol thing. And I had a flamethrower, and I was using, I was doing uh, Necros on maps with whatever their version of zombies are. I forgot what they're called. Infested. Uh, yeah. Zombies. Yeah. Infested. Zombies. They're not, they're not zombies because. They're dead aliens. They're, they're zombie aliens. They're, they're not dead either. They're reanimated. They're. <laughs> Not reanimated. So they're coupled together. They're they're mutated. They're infested. There's mm-hmm. there's a high. It's more like the flood, actually. I just wanted to irk you. So, yes. what do you like so far? So that we can move along a little bit. What have you liked so far about the expansion? So, because last last time it would, you it you barely you watched barely videos. It, right. What makes the expansion different aside from the intro? Because I know all about the intro. The 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 fact that the and not the story. Like, what's different about gameplay? Gameplay. Well, all right. So things that I didn't talk about last time is uh, uh, there is uh the addition of a fucking hoverboard in this. It's another way of getting around on a uh, on an open map. But uh, the hoverboard gives you the ability to uh to basically play Tony Hawk, 
uh, you know, on Warframe. It's so that's another thing, right? Like it's right. not a court, a lot of corridor maps then, right? No, the, the, the new area is a, uh, is an open world version of Venus, which is basically snow covered. It's a, it's a long fucking story, but, uh, but it is a really, really beautiful map. Uh, and they did another open world area called Plains of Eidolon, and it's basically a night and day difference between the two. The visual quality between uh, between between the two expansions has been ramped up to a fucking eleven with uh, uh, with Fortuna. It's just beautiful. Uh, fucking area is awesome. Um, one of the biggest uh, biggest gripes that I had with uh, with the Plains of Eidolon update was. The uh, that whenever you did a bounty, or if you go in and do it, just doing a quest, you go out, you do the quest, and you have to go back to the town, which means you have to go through load, uh, you know, load out of the fucking instance, you know, turn in your bounty, pick up another one, go back out to the, you know, back out to the area, right? Uh, with Fortuna, uh, they in, you know, introduced areas where you could, uh, if you go back to kind of like the city gate. You can pick up new bounties right there from the city gate, so you never have to actually leave the open world area to pick up new bounties. You can just keep going, which it doesn't. It seems like a small improvement, but it makes the uh, it makes the area of uh, the Orb Vallis or the uh, the outside area of Fortuna just a little bit better because you have this feeling like you're con- uh, constantly you know, working on a, you know, a, a living story as you're going through the bounties. Uh, the area itself seems more lived in than all of the other previous, you know, uh, expansions. The voice acting in this is spot on. They did a really damn good job of this, uh, of the sound design, the voice acting, uh, the, uh, the variations of the enemies, uh, you know, on, uh, on the Orb Vallis is, you know, is it's they're new, but they're similar enough that you can kind of see that they've been tweaked. They're a little harder in some ways and a little easier in others. Uh, the um, the uh, quests or the the bounties, the actual like missions that you do, are uh, are either brand new or variations of all the uh, all the previous types of missions that you have, just with a with a Fortuna twist. Um. Uh, there's the ability to uh, to do animal hunting, or they call it conservation. Uh, but the uh, uh, the wildlife is slowly being killed off for pelts by the uh, uh, by the controlling faction, and the uh, uh, the faction that you're working with, the Solaris, want to conserve or save these animals, these rare animals. So you go out and you have to hunt and track some animals. And uh, and tranquilize them so that they can be you know relocated. Uh, so there's conservation, and all of these things give you like the Solaris rep and you know and rewards for things. And when I was talking about floofs earlier, floofs are a thing in Warframe. Floofs are basically stuffed animals, and for con- you know doing the conservation by going and out and hunting you know these uh, these. You know, these different animals, there's like five or six different uh, different species of animals that you can go hunt. Um, for, you know, for saving them, 
you get these tokens or tags, and you turn those tags in for uh, for stuffed animals that you can put into your orbiter. So I've got a uh, full room, uh, a room full of stuffed animals. It's it's actually pretty epic. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot that's changed with this, and it gives it gives you an insight to uh, what they're really wanting to do with Warframe going forward. They want to upgrade the visual style because some of the some of the maps I'm sure you've seen, some of the maps are very similar to what you remember from four years ago. It hasn't changed much, uh, and they know this and they want to change that. So they're going to be doing some you know some updates to some of the tile sets. This shows the that the art team behind uh, Warframe at Digital Extremes they're doing a damn good job of updating it so that it looks grand. It's awesome looking. Um, there's so much to, uh, uh, to Fortuna that I, you know, that I like. It's just, I mean, the fish in the, uh, in the, in the lakes are robots. They have, uh, they have a little bit of a kind of like a little story bit to them. The, the reason why they exist is to keep the coolant lakes clean or to control the temperatures, or something like that. There's a little story blurb for each one of them. Uh, man, I, I don't know. The, there's the there was a content drought, and I'm pretty sure everybody's heard. You know, anybody that's played Warframe has heard that there was a content drought. Uh, there was just little trickles of new things to you know to be added to the game for you know for the last year. This was a massive drop of new stuff to do that even, you know, you know, even the veteran players who have, you know, higher rep limits and things like that still haven't chewed through it in the, you know, in the first week and a half. Uh, and uh, I'm still finding new shit. I'm still finding out, you know, all kinds of uh, neat little places to go on the map. Uh, some of the uh, some of the enemies haven't even been killed yet. There, there's uh, big orb spiders that are fucking me big mechanical spiders that are just crawling over the map. Unkillable at the moment. So, so is it not a random map? No, no, no. This is an open, you know, this is kind of an open area. Uh, so this, this is uh, a set map with uh, random missions instead of being a set mission on a random map. It's, it's a, it's a little bit of a difference. So you can understand you where you're going based off of a landmark on this, and that's kind of a uh, a big thing for Warframe because that never used to be a thing. So I, I can see where they're uh, where they're making some changes. Not everything is open world in in Warframe. A lot of the missions are based on a tile set, which is randomly generated off of a set of tiles. Um, but when they do open world they do open world fairly well. And it, it in this case, this is the best version of an open world that they've come up with. And they're going to kind of take some of the ideas that worked for this open world and reapply it to the planes, the first open world attempt that they made, so that it kind of fleshes that out a little bit. And uh, it makes it so that the, uh, uh, the previous content isn't obsolete. That's one of the problems I've had with, you know, with other games is, you know, they'll come up with new content and they'll make the old content obsolete. 
Well, that's not the case here. I mean, it's, in some ways, it's a little bit better to do Fortuna stuff than Planes of Eidolon, but you still need to do Planes of Eidolon stuff to progress in the story um, and to progress in getting certain warframes or getting certain weapons or, uh, or, or you know, certain resources that you're going to need, you know, elsewhere. So, but... You asked me for one thing, and I gave you like eighteen. So <laughs> that's fine. That just tells a better story about what you're experiencing with the game. Yeah, right? it's understanding. There's a set open map for a certain area for a chunk of the game. is pretty encouraging. Yeah, it's you know, and it's not just the uh, the open world. It's how they told the story for Fortuna, and how they're uh, how they're progressing the overarching story for uh, for Warframe that makes it just a little bit different. And that little bit different is what Warframe needs because, you know, after playing it for, you know, some people have been playing it for years, right? Um, after playing it for that long, most of the people are like, well, this is very samey. Or they'll log in for a couple hours a day, do a couple missions and be like, all right, I've got my Warframe fixed for the day, you know, and, and move on from, uh, from there. I'm interested to see where it goes from here, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of things coming down in the pipe right now. Uh, Railjack is probably you know probably going to be next year, and that is going to be the you know the single biggest thing that I you know that I can see that has to do with Arcwing. So it's good that you're actually building yours uh, because it is basically a space battle, and that looks fantastic. Uh, so that. That was released or, you know, kind of hinted at at Tenocon and, you know, people have been chomping at the bit for that. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, there's a lot of really great shit with Warframe. And I mean, it's kind of telling. I mean, I, I've been playing for a couple months now and I put like, what, 500 fucking hours in the last couple months in? It's nuts, man. Absolutely insane. You made the comment earlier that before we got on the show that you didn't think you'd played as much as your normal play and I looked at your hours and you had 107 hours in right. weeks. I didn't feel like I played enough Warframe and I played 100 hours of Warframe in the last two weeks. If that tells you anything. Well, I we mean, know you're on the, the opposite end of Obsessed and that's okay, but... <laughs> um, it's... It, it is... There's so much to this, uh, you, know, you know, to the game that... Uh, that, yeah, if you're just coming back, you know, to the game or a new player to the game, yeah, it could be way overwhelming. You know, you're going to look, you're looking at the top of uh, up at a mountain from the bottom. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it can be pretty daunting, but, uh, the, just from my experience being a returner, as they call me, um, the, the best way to go about it is just, you know, take it slow, play the game, do what you, you know, and don't necessarily have a, you know, a set goal. Like if you have a set goal, it is to get through the star chart. However, you need to get through the star chart, get through the star chart. And my personal, you know, from my personal experience, don't be afraid to use the public, you know, in the public lobby and play, uh, play missions in public. Just remember that most of the time after you get off of a mission, you're not going to be sticking with the same, you know, that same group of people. They're just going to drop group again. But don't be afraid. If you run into a, a mission that you cannot do, just you 
banging your head against it and you just can't, you know, you keep failing it, go to public. It will, it, you'll get blasted through that fucking thing super quick. Because I guarantee you there's well, going to be somebody not, like me that will be able to help you. But I'm out, that's the other, I won't open Pandora's box too much, but the frustration sometimes I have with that game with playing with randoms was people just running through the game and leaving stuff behind and I'm trying to get things. Well, that's, you know, if you're looking to, you know, to open up every, you know, uh, every box. I don't open up every box, but I do kill most of the enemies that I come across. Yeah. I mean, that's where the solo play comes in. And honestly, you play a lot of solo just to do that. But uh, if you're if you're wanting to get past a mission, just just to bang it out and get past it because right, it's a mission like, there's that you a don't like. Thing too, like let's say, and you can tell me if it solved this. Like I'd play with like me and John would play, and we'd be fighting a boss that I had to get to progress to the next area, right? And I'd get stuck on this boss. Then we'd open it up to public, and then public would get somebody who with everything that they ever needed that can solo the boss. And then it goes from super challenging to let's just stand over here and like, you know, hump the ground because he's going to have it killed in 30 seconds. Like it just there's a weird space there. There's going to be a point after uh, after you get in a, a certain number of it feels um, it feels like this is a, something anybody that played World of Warcraft can relate to. It feels like I'm going through the dead mines. Right. <laughs> right. And I want to play this legit with a tank, a healer a DPS and a CC and then level 60 paladin rolls through and solos the whole instance for you and you just collect loot. So you're going to have that and eventually you're going to be that. That's the thing. I mean, but then where does that cool level of challenge for that boss ever happen? Um bosses in Warframe have never really been challenging. The the first few bosses are only challenging because you're either running with a with a base warframe that you get from the beginning, and you have no mods. You know the problem that's where the that's where the difficulty ramps up is in uh, is the fact that you don't have mods, or you don't have mods for your weapon. Or well, you know, then where or does it get fun? The fun is actually in just blasting shit that's the thing about uh that warframe is kind of a power fantasy you just go fucking crazy at some you know at some point the the mobs are legitimately faceless because they need to be uh the the bosses are meant to be kind of a joke in some ways they're not necessarily super challenging after the first few times that maybe you've that's done them. maybe that's where my lack of engagement is then you know i don't have a real sense of accomplishment other than the grind that's the game that's that is very literally the game. Warframe is the grind. There is no end game to Warframe outside of making your Warframe pretty. Uh, there is there is no destination. Warframe is the journey. The gameplay is the journey. Just getting more power. Just just farming for more power. Uh, and if at any point that that doesn't apl- uh, apply to you, that's where the you know that's that's where people start to fall off of the game. That's probably where I fell off last time. You know, and uh, for me, I just love destroying shit. Just randomly going into a fucking mission and blowing shit up. I love it. It's, you know, and whatever loot I get, I I get. I don't give a fuck. You know, if, if I want something, you know, enough, I kind of earmark it and say, hey, this is something that I want to get eventually. But I don't necessarily, you know, 
hard grind for that one thing. Because if you go for the one thing, you're going to get disappointed. Right. It's it, it it Warframe is you know is is a different kind of game in that way. So with that, let's take a break. All right, we'll be back. Yeah. Yay. You know, yeah. This was actually supposed to be a shorter episode. Yeah, it was supposed to be my short. Fault. Dude, you fucking like killed it, nailed it, fucking ate, you know, you knocked it into the next county, dude. I don't know what the fuck. I happened. don't know what I was thinking. It's a it was two red. hours and fifty three fucking minutes out later. Let's go ahead and take a break. Holy shit, man. People have already like people have already taken a shit <laughs> at that point. <laughs> That's so why Jason I literally did. That's why this, Jason was quiet. He was over there pinching one off. <laughs> this section will be decidedly shorter. Yes. It it will be uh, based on necessity. So I'm going to get right into it. Oh, my God. Here we go. So according to a news a press release from Variety, huh? PlayStation is skipping E3 next year. Oh, I Ooh. saw that. What? What's Ooh. the reasoning behind that? Yes. What? What now? Okay, so what did, what what happened? What why was this, this is a this is a pretty big thing. So in their official statement to Variety, uh, Sony Interactive uh, basically said, as the industry evolves, Sony continues to look for inventive opportunities to engage the community. PlayStation fans mean the world to us, and we always want to innovate, think differently and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. As a result, we have decided not to participate in E3 in 2019. We are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019 and can't wait to share our plans with you. They're trying to do their own convention. Keep in mind, this is a couple months after uh, Sean Layden, the chairman of Sony Interactive, said that the company wouldn't be hosting a PlayStation experience this this year, citing a lack of games to show. <laughs> so this is marketing spin. Booyah. Or they did they blew their load last year. Yeah. This year rather. Uh basically they blew their in that, load this year so hard that they can't make uh, get yeah. it up for next year. Um the uh, uh, basically in the release where Sean said they weren't doing the PlayStation experience, he basically said, Now that we've got Spider Man out the door, we're looking down in 2019 to games like Dreams and Days Gone, but we won't have enough to bring the people all together in, in some location in North America to have that event. Keep in mind, this is an event they've done yearly since their 20th anniversary a few years ago. So, I, I guess we'll it, just see what happens next year. Could possibly be a lack of new content that's not yet been announced for the next couple of years. I guess we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Um, I have something that I thought was interesting that we can kind of earmark. Um, so, 
Microsoft acquired the in this in the whole rigmarole of everything they've been doing, right? They've been buying small studios. They got Team Ninja. And now they have Obsidian and In Exile. Probably my two biggest fanboy right. um studios. Well, I mean, so, those are like two of the biggest RPG studios out there. For mid-tier developers, right? Right. Yeah. Right. They're not quite indie indie, but they're not big. Well, I mean You're talking about development teams of less than hundred people. And Exile's just interplay. I mean it's oh, it's yeah, Brian Fargo's company. Right. Yeah. And Brian Fargo released a statement in regards to this of saying essentially like, hey, what we don't have right now is we don't have a big Q&A team. We, we don't have right now is we don't have somebody we can call when we ha- run into an issue with AI pathing. We have everybody here wears several hats. We we don't have a team for localization. We don't have, you know, so all these different resources. The way that he released his statement was essentially saying, hey, this opens up a valley of resources that we didn't have before so we can make a better quality game on release because he's got a Microsoft team behind him. I'm tentatively okay with it. I'm not. I'm in a point in my life where I don't bandwagon really hard, and I say, oh, big big capitalists bought these people up. That's a bad thing. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. We'll just see. It's not easy. The the thing that gets me is at the end of that statement, you watch that video. After previously saying at the beginning of this year, I'm done after Wasteland 3, he's like, Rest assured, I won't be retiring anytime soon. I think what he was going to retire from was Bard's Tale Money, thinking the game would do yeah. better, and I don't think the game did as well as they wanted it to. Yeah. Like, I had some well, I had some problems with it, too. I also think he was probably... I could see how you could be tired of struggling to get each game out. You know what I mean? Right, and I think it means um, good things for... That constant uphill battle. I think with being a part of Microsoft Studios and having those additional resources, he's probably reinvigorated a little bit as far as the entire production process goes. Right, and then I look at it and say, what'll happen to Wasteland 3? I guess we'll see, right? Right. Because that's their next IP. Um, on the counterpoint of that, my other favorite studio, Obsidian. Right. Who's put a lot of games that I love out. Josh Sawyer, um, who does a lot of the game development behind the scenes and a lot of the story writing, um, also had released a statement saying very similar things to what they were doing. And I, they made a big point of making a lot of the same points that Fargo did. Like, hey, we don't have these kinds of resources currently. This is a big deal for us. You know, they just released Pillars 2, which did pretty good, right. but probably not, you know. Not it's definitely not Red Dead size, you know what I'm saying, or anything close. Right. But I think it's right. a cool. Here's the counterpoint to anybody who's fanboying really hard and up and really fighting an uphill battle with the whole concept. And I'm somebody who likes these studios a lot. I think that it's a cool thing for Microsoft, who's been struggling with IPs for them, right, to have some unique companies that create their own signature styles of things and these are very unique things and i'm curious as to what they do with the with their ips and their content going forward well as long as they keep them that's the thing that's you know it's if you get you you don't want another ea situation right where they they take these ips and then they fucking try to you know they try to put the ea spin on it 
if Microsoft lets them do what they do best and, you know, provides them with a solid foundation to be able to do so, great. I'm I'm all for that. Yep. And, you know, for, I mean, everyone should go at this with a grain of salt. And I could understand there being a, a quite a bit of hesitation and speculation as to what will happen to these studios after being integrated. But I would say this. As much as as much as Microsoft can act like your standard tech giant, look at what Microsoft Entertainment has become since Phil Spencer took that part over. Yeah. It the strides they've been making in positive directions since Phil Spencer stepped in. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily worry too much about them becoming overbearing on Obsidian or in Exile's creativity. Yeah, I just, and, and it, and I'm probably mirroring a lot of uh, other people, but I mean, when you see a a developer picked up by another developer, you know, or a publisher, uh, then you worry about the development studios because a lot of their freedom is then taken away. Uh, they can't do things the way that they want to do it because they have to meet the publisher's bottom line, you know? Um, and it's, it shows, it, it shows a lot. Uh, there are some, you know, some exceptions to the rule, but I mean, when you hear about a studio getting bought up by EA, for instance, you kind of like, you know, you kind of inwardly mourn that studio because you know that right. they're not going to get, but at the same time, you've seen EA mismanage these things. Right. Where with Microsoft, with is, Microsoft, you look at uh, look at stuff look like at Minecraft for fuck's sake. I mean, right. My, Minecraft was pr- uh, purchased directly by Microsoft, and and it went from being a you know a fairly popular indie game to being a fucking legend. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's or I mean, since they since they acquired the studio that makes Forza, right. I, it's gotten better and and they've improved on that that's and that's fine and, you know i just you know any any developer or a development studio that is beloved mm-hmm. i mean you worry the, about them the only one who really kind of if there's any one studio that kind of leaves you a bad taste in your mouth regarding this is Bungie, but that's more Bungie's own failing necessarily than Microsoft with how they handled Destiny. Uh, well, they passed it off to a different studio, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, but Bungie's a you know is an outlier. Bungie is a outlier and a different animal, and you can't base your opinion for this acquisition on that. Would Destiny be better under Microsoft's Bungie? I don't think it would have even existed, honestly. No, and I would agree with that. If Bungie were still were still that closely tied to Microsoft's umbrella, they'd be doing Halo. Right. Or I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, we'll see. I mean, I, I just see a lot of uh, you know a lot of the developers that get picked up by bigger publishers, bigger name publishers. They uh they seem to lose their freedom, so we'll see what happens. Um, I I hope for the best. I mean, honestly, they put out some good content. And Team Ninja, you know, basically made the greatest tech demo that they could have made and got themselves bought. So, <laughs> right, you know, uh, 
my thing is i just hope that it's all everything they said in their official releases from in exile on obsidian uh-huh. is true and it's just really microsoft being willing to add resources to them giving them to a solid fur- foundation to further their to further their creative vision their creative right. vision right. i mean that's we'll see yeah we'll see we've heard this before though i mean <laughs> and a very quick press release, um, Bethesda released in regards to patches. Um, FOV slider is coming. Oh my god, that's such a big deal! It is. Um, stash limits increasing and a few other things. Yay! So they're releasing a technical update here next Monday. By the time before you listen before to this podcast, yeah. right? So we'll see what that fixes. And they plan. They have a release plan throughout the end of the month of fixing other things. And if you've made it this far in the episode, you are an absolute fucking legend. I mean, honestly. Jason, do we have anything else? Uh, no. Nothing that's really, really noteworthy. So, All right. I think, is it time? That's it. It's, it's time. time. It's time. So find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel YouTube.com slash TiltCast. And search for us on iTunes. Find friends of the show for the love of gaming. The TheCarousalPadCast.com. You have... Cabbage KBG on YouTube, NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.tv. They do fantastic things. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.